Podcast like a motherfucker. Welcome to Amazon Podcast, episode number 49. Henry P. Miller, I'm here with... Junkerping? Uh, yeah. Is that how you say it? Junkerping? 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 Ah, Shipping. Not Junkerping. Junkerping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost. And we were just uh, discussing what lists we're bringing to the tournament. It's uh, 5,000 points. So Patrick, who is doing very well at 5,000 points, is just bringing his Ariscon list. Yeah. Third place, Arizona, right? Yeah. So, what's in your list? The same as before. <laughs> <laughs> so, go back to the episode and, and look it up. <laughs> no, the update was very kind to me. Soaring Ancients got Soaring Ancients. <laughs> no, so now That's I have, I uh, think, one soul, one soulless warrior more, and three more temple guards. And three more temple guards is quite and one one less chameleon. Okay, so not much then. So basically all the same. I do have a little bit more points in characters that I couldn't use, so I had more free points before. It was just on a limit. Now there's a few more. Like I could have spent more points in characters. Yeah. Just didn't have anything to spend them on. Already have magic rares and yeah. And then I. Then was actually in the list. Just two days ago, I found out there was even more nice build for my BSP. Okay, so tell us what's in the list. So the list is uh, the quaddle with all the like the protein spells with plus two to cast and channel, and then two cowboys, one with uh, one of four up save and one with one of five up save and some three up against uh, fire, and then both of them have great open. Then I have a... Uh, Are they on foot or on, on cold ones? On what? Cold raptors. <laughs> Don't drink and drive. <laughs> I'll let you off. Uh, and then we have uh, the BSB with the strength 6 spear and AP5 to charge him and some magic rest and... I think you also have yeah one of armor save, so he's there. So you have basically three combat characters with one of arm saves. Yeah, and some of them also have uh, special saves. Ouch. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Then we have 30 Sargon Warriors with spears and five next to rank and plus one agility. And they have the flaming standard. And then we have 15 Sphinx with the uh, poison demons and the musician. Cool. Then there's uh, 18 Temple Guards with full command and the uh, banner of Mixo Adel. 
expectations? Do you want to be top 10? I have no idea. I don't know. Smash all the ETC guys. What? Smash all the ETC players. I don't know any people over there. and I don't know how they play and I don't know. I've seen a list, but I don't, you know. I think that's good though in some way, right? Because if you, when you're playing in Denmark and you, you know the guy that you're playing and you're like, oh, he's really good. Fuck. I've got to play this really tight. And then I, I was, I think I make more mistakes when I'm doing that. Make more mistakes when you play good guys? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's like a mental thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I hope I can get more than 10 points in on average per game. Yeah. If I can if I can go 12, 13 points per game on average, then I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Oliver, what are you bringing? I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> Oliver's not ready. So, so I guess you can talk I'll about go yourself, through, Henry. through my list. So I, uh, I like that you have to take paper in front of you because you can't remember what in your army. No idea. I can't remember it. That's some stuff. Yeah, it's, got, it's got a lot of stuff. They so fight I, and I cast spells and I squeeze in a griffin. Yeah. Job done. So I basically like the list I've been running, I just it's five thousand points list, so I just put the list I was running and added a griffin just because I have not tried it yet. So I have uh, a prince who's a general, he's got Destiny's Call, the Spear of Silver of Blazing Dawn Spear, Obsidian Rock, and he is the Master of Canary Tower. So he's got five spells. I have. You uh, always take the Hereditary, right? Yeah, usually. Uh, it's pretty good. How do you How do you like the if you have the Prince? Just uh, forget the armor a little bit. Maybe buy something cheaper, and then you go for the Arcane Power Book. I really like it, but I think. For me, the, the guy with the spear is like a deterrent. Yeah, but he can still have the spear and the book and some, like, I think he can still squeeze in the two Obama save. No, not quite. It's, it's 105 for the spear and 75 for the book. Uh, so that's 180, so then you got 20 points. So you could take Alchemist Alloy. And that's about the best you got with Dragon Armor and Shield. So yeah, three, ups, three up save. Fuck that. Yeah. I mean, you could just go ballsy and try it, but. Ah. Uh, mm, maybe, maybe not. If you take the Dragon Armor, you have three up, six up. True. True. And you. you, If you don't do the Dragon Armor, you can you still have three up save. And you can always just um, put uh, eating waters on him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a, a more interesting way to go. It's more risky, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But I, I want to fight with him, so yeah. he's got the armor. Um, I have a, a wizard adept on pyromancy with a potion of strength. Mm -hmm. Just for funsies. Just, just to kill the enemy characters. Yeah, just that one time when something comes in and you're like, Potion of strength! And then you roll that, you roll that three plus, and then you roll that two plus, and then he dies. Yeah, he, can, he takes two, two hit points, yeah. two, two wounds, yeah. maybe. Maybe. No, well, you never know. And then I have the Griffin Commander with uh, a Demon's Bane, Dragon Armor, a Lance and a Diadem of Protection. So he's, he's four up, four up. But two up against uh, Magic. Two up against Magic. So two up against... And two up against Flaming. Mm. And he's got a Lance. So... Yeah, that's the characters. Uh, 21 Seaguard. Oh, so where were your BSB? No BSB. Ah. <laughs> Ballsy. Yeah, I haven't been playing with BSB for a while. Just to. Yeah. Well, if you 
Yeah, exactly. Just put myself in the position to win the game. It's fine. <laughs> 21 Seaguard, uh, 4 Command and Ether Icon. So if I want to put the character in there, they can get Magic Rest 3. But it, if I'm honest, it was just to fill out core points. Yeah. Uh, three units of 20 Spears with Musicians. Two units of five Rhymanites with a Musician Champion. 13 Swordmasters with Musician Champion. 10 Lion Guard Musician Champion. 10 Lion Guard with the Highlanders, so the Skirmishers and Champion. Uh, two Lion Chariots, a Great Eagle, and 10, 10 Queen's Guard with Spear and Musician. Uh, that's a lot of units. Yes. I, I played against one, and you basically had units all over the, the place. I've got 12 units. Yeah. An eagle and three characters. I play an army with five units, basically. I've got ten scoring units. I, I play with three. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, banners is bad for me, but, like, other stuff is good. Do it. Is this set scenarios? Yeah, you can see the front page. Is it banners? Yes. Damn it. But, my, but game four is my best game. The game four? Game four is my best game. Why? It was 20 0 game four. Okay. So, and that's the one with the banners? Yeah. Hopefully, you're 20 0 your game four again. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be fine. Perfect. Yeah, the, the idea behind this list is really just to try something a little bit different. I've been playing it with some success. I think we, like, I, I was doing pretty well against you until the last turn. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I I think it's a lot of fun to play. So I think it's nice that you can make a list with so many units. I I haven't been into the to the Hibon Elves for a long time, mostly because the battle stripe broke down on me. <laughs> so and then I, all my models are packed in boxes. But I really want to. I really want to play them again, but it's just I I want to feel more than I can. You want to field more than you can. Yeah, I want this unit and this unit and this unit, but it you doesn't can't fit them all in. Can't fit them all in. But I think if you take many small units, you have a chance to get a little bit of everything. Yeah. But you you lose a little bit the buffing potential of your spells. Um, but yeah. then again, do you think a little bit? Uh, but then again, most of the Harmon Elf units, they they just need to be five or. Or 14 models to, to strike. I mean, the Swordmasters, it's only the front rank that's really important, and the second rank is also there, but it's just on attack. Yeah. And the third rank don't matter because then you're spending 700 points for units. Yeah, exactly. And well, it's the same when I played ETC, I had 16 Swordmasters. Yeah. And that was, that was more than enough. Yeah, and also with the white lines, you just need 10 or 12, then it's fine. Yeah. Then you can get away with small units for like, what are they, 300 points? Yeah. And they're still. Just as annoying to get rid of as and also, 18 or 20. And also stubborn with the prints in them. Yeah, yeah. I remember we you did many shenanigans to like <laughs> walk around and try and get the objective in the middle. And I was just fucking myself over. <laughs> but that was that was stupid. That one reform just cost me everything. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. So. I, I, th I think the you know the renaissance of elves right now, at least from the lists I've seen from European tournaments. High elves or elves? Uh, Sylvan elves and high elves mostly. So what? Uh, what's uh, what have you seen with Sylvan elves? 
there's just more of them. But my, my, my point is that I think it's amazing to see that we have a game that, you know, we haven't looked into everything. So every time someone's complaining about something, we, we don't need to take it that seriously right now. Uh, you know, of course, when you have Undying Dynasties like it was before, that was really bad. But then you have High Bone Elves. Uh, I mean, they got some point decreases, but what else changed? Just that. But uh, it meant you could feel a little bit more, and yeah, that's yeah. exactly what they needed, because yeah. all the units are basically functioning nice. I think even the Phoenixes, we're starting to see them. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of lists of Phoenixes, actually. But yeah. isn't, it, isn't it just a case of when a netlist doesn't really work anymore, then people are too unimaginative? Imaginative. But I know it's a bit harsh to say, but it's kind of like Undying Dynasties. You know, seriously, when when we were playing last year, most people would agree with me that they would be just, you know, they would still be super strong even if they couldn't race. You know, they would still be amazingly strong. And, yeah. and now they, their, you know, their race is just, it's drastically worse uh, I'll admit to that but no one's playing them now mm, I think they are still playing them because I mean I heard some of the Danish players say that even without even without the race they would still be very good that like, wasn't me was it no <laughs> no no it was someone um, who played them a lot and they said yep they even without racing the, the army was still amazingly good yeah, but I, I think it is as well, so... I, I think, actually, right now, we have a really interesting meta. A lot of... There's a, it's really well balanced, I feel. I feel that there's no real strong army. You could say High Elves, uh, you're seeing them a lot, but I think that's because... More because they've been so bad, and now they're so... Not so like good, they but they're better. Bad. Well, they were, the they, were, they were rated as the bottom tier on a tier in their own. I don't give a dang, sorry, but... <laughs> It's a it's a big problem with statistics like that. The fun part is that before, you know, people actually started playing them, I was saying like use grey wardens and use this and that. And I'm not saying I'm a genius, but all of a sudden people are starting to use them. Swedish border guard checking a passport thoroughly. <laughs> we, look like, we look too much like bandits. <laughs> It's, it's a good, it's, it's it's a your, good thing uh, Henry didn't open his mouth. Italian skin. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Well, he didn't see me. No. How many people are you? Three? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Like, okay, they're getting their passport out. They, they must not care. <laughs> you can go. <laughs> so... But have, you, have you had a chance to look through the, the list of this tournament, Oliver? Uh, no, only sporadically. Like, I see a lot of elves. Yeah, like it was also, a like, also like that last time I was here. So it's, you know, so based on that, every every other army than Sylvan Elves and Highborn Elves suck. <laughs> I don't know, of course I'm exaggerating. But. So what are you bringing? Um, I'm bringing a big old bus of ogres. <laughs> um, and I have a BSB, a Great Khan, and a Shaman, and they pretty much have like standard setups. And I think it's just because 
you know, I want I want to play something that just I can just push it forward and smile and laugh and have fun with my opponent. And then for the less uh, fun part um, is of course the three times three bombardiers, and then uh, one unit of three uh, mercenaries with pistols, poisons, and plate armor. So you're going for more of a shooty list. Uh, I don't know if is it's it a pyro shaman? Sh shooty ogres are the new thing. No, but is it is is that shooting when I've used 800 points of shooting on in 5,000 points? It's more than me. It's more than me. Yeah, but does that, <laughs> does it go down as shooting? <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's they, they are they have shooting, shooting right? weapons. They, they have range attacks. <laughs> yeah, but is that? Uh, you, you have to roll to hit. <laughs> and then I have two units of three tuskers. I give you that. It's not it's not a gun line. No, it's not a gun line. But it's more shooty than I think normally you see from from ogres. Mm, no, there's a lot of bombardiers going around, and, so, and it's been pretty popular with a big unit of mercenaries with um, pistols and poison and plate armor for some time. I, I like I like mercenaries. I think they're really good as well. It's a lot of yeah. points in one unit, and you can hold it up with a cowboy. I th yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that the problem with them is that no one really wants to play them, but they're a hell playing with. Because you, you only have three, right? Yeah, right now I only have three. It's only like 315 points. So I, I kind of like the small. I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. The and then you know what? When they fight something like a great green idol, uh, of course I never roll it, but they have 15 poison attacks. So you do one poison attack, right? Two. two. No, that that would be putting it high. Uh, <laughs> no, but my point is that they can actually fight against most things. Uh, it's pretty normal that when I get charged by, let's say, uh, night units, small units of knights, they fight them off. Yeah, yeah, they they, they do actually. How many wounds they have each? Oh, three. Three. three each. But they are base strength five. Defense, and, and their pistols counts as uh, paired weapons. Okay. Uh, rest four. So they have five strength five attacks each. Uh, Rhyme Knights will take them off. Uh, yeah, maybe. Should do. Just about. They still have armor save against. No, they only have a four, four up save. But you have parry, are you? No. That's only iron fists. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I think they need parry. Yeah, but then they don't do what I want them to. Because, but they have because these guys have six strength four AP2 attacks with quick to fire, with poison. Yeah. So they can just, you know, in, in, in fights. What's the range? Yeah, uh, 24. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they are, they are otherwise, shooting units. Otherwise, I wouldn't use it. Uh, also, on my Great Khan and my BSB, I've. Uh, made room for um, a brace of pistols on each of them. Of course it's without poison, but... Um, i tell you what I have in my bits box. I have like a like a long rifle, yeah. an ogre-sized long rifle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I can uh, lend you it if you want for a that, hunt, for a hunt or something. Like remind, remind me next time you're at my place. Okay, I, I will. Uh, is that all you have in your army? You said three Tuskers? Or two times uh, three Tuskers? Yeah, and then for core I also have eight um, Sabertooth Tigers. Did you have two times three Tuskers? Yeah. The cavalry guys? Yeah. With great weapons. That's new, isn't it? No. You've been playing those 
Barcelona. It's actually well. pretty uh, back to uh, no, high school. You didn't have it last time you played. No, I didn't have it the last time. No. But you play, so you do, you ditched the Yetis. Oh, oh, sorry. I also have a unit of six Yetis. <laughs> ah. um, so, so from the top, you have the car, the BSB, the Shaman, the bus. Yeah. The eight, and then, eight saber cats. Yeah, and then one single saber tooth. Yeah. Then I have six Yetis. Then I have uh, three mercenaries with pistols. Then I have two times three tuskers with great weapons. And then I have three times three bombardiers. Okay, that's quite cool. Isn't it? But so, no so, hunters. So start start counting the number of scoring units. So no hunters. No hunters. But I do have cult lead on my BSB, so I have BSB range uh, 18. That's nice. Um, so. Yetis is an interesting thing. I don't know if we're seeing it much internationally, but like you've been playing them for a while and they're really fucking good. Yeah, they're really good, but I, I'm not sure if they're good enough. They have regen save? No, 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 no. They're just as easy to kill as a unit of tribesmen. They just strike first, or they often strike before many other things because they have the, the, the penalty uh, to agility. The agility uh, for that, that's, base? That's only because you play uh, Saurian Ancients, and mostly they don't because you have a Jaguar or whatever it's called. What, what, what agility are the Yetis? They are three themselves, yeah. and then they minus one. So at most, when they charge, they count as being at agility five. Well, that, that's a very that's a very important agility to be at because that means you strike at the same time as most elves. Mm. Well, some elves. But I'm, then again, I'm, no, you don't really. Yeah, I, I get and what you're saying. Problem. I get what you're saying, Oliver. But still, agility five is is before really many things in the game. It's a key. Yeah. It's a key agility. Four is totally. like. No, but I, really I totally agree with that. So, are, are you having success with the Yetis? They're doing pretty well. The problem is for the rest of the army to actually complement them, uh, which I think is yeah, it's a very delicate balance to hit. And I've not mastered it yet. Because um, when, when we played not too long ago, you were putting a hunter in the Yetis? That seemed quite interesting. No, it's too way too expensive when you look at what it provides compared to what other armies can do. Okay. It's, it's actually a bit silly. But the hunters are quite cheap, though. No. 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 They went up in price with the last update. No, but they they were actually a little bit expensive before that. The problem is that people never took the time to look at how to play against them. That that's the most vital thing. So if if, uh, if someone's listening and is playing against hunters, how would you advise them to play against them? Well, first of all, be sure that your the hunters will never go against anything that's worth a lot of points, like alone, um, because they simply can't do it. If you look at the normal uh, troll leader build, uh, restless build, build, they have five strength six attacks. Yeah, that's true, but it's only AP two, and they have weapon skill five. So start doing the numbers. It's, that that's pretty significant. So you can put basically you put something that has a high armor save in front of him and hold him for a while. Yeah, they they don't stand a chance against anything that's close to a cowboy. Or something like, and but the, the, but the difficult thing is catching them. Yeah, I would say just that's just the, be sure that you know it's four hundred to five hundred points and. 
they will most likely not make their points back. <laughs> it's just... But they put the your opponent out of position, right? That's more maybe, the value that you get from them. Well, but maybe, it's, you know, ignore them a little bit. Because I think people are too distracted by them. And besides, you know, if you have... Uh, if you have alchemy... I know it's not the chai ambulance, but I guess it counts. If you have alchemy or anything with burning attacks, then a lot of the hunters they actually they, they fall a bit down because most of them have troll leader like, or Queen's, Queen's Guard are quite good shooting them down. Yeah, yeah, totally. Lash is quite good at shooting down. Yeah, Lash, <laughs> that's like half a hunter each time. Yeah, or you double Lash and then it's, it's a whole hunter each time. Yeah. <laughs> Can you double lash? Oh, you have the engine. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So no, yeah, but uh, you know what? I could have used them, but then I'm like, nah, I'm gonna try a great gun. <laughs> I, I think sometimes different builds, like small point adjustments, can make way for very different builds. Yeah, it can open and close the door on, on some things, right? Yeah, like few extra points, 10 or 12, 20 points here and there in total for units can mean that you can have a whole different unit set up because they fit inside the, the bracket of points or the character allowance or whatever. So, yeah, what, I think What's that's your con build? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna say. Well, it, this is not gonna go up before the tournament unless you... No, not, no, not this tournament. Uh, Thinking about something else later this year. Oh, uh, we for Battle of Copenhagen? No. Think a little bit bigger. It's three letters. EDC? I'm, I'm not playing EDC, but I'm not gonna dismiss that uh, someone might use it. So, <laughs> if you don't want to hear just, it in the podcast, yeah. just go, just go on online. The, on, on the I forum. Can, I can just on, read it out. On <laughs> the ninth <laughs> age. And you can find it there. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay, let's talk about it. I was just gonna, you know, play hard to get. <laughs> so um, the key to everything is that I have not gone with uh, Kakadai's uh, legacy or whatever the fuck it's called because D3 wounds is not good enough. It's shit. It's just not good enough. If you look at you know. What really makes it on other characters that have multiple wounds, it's not always the multiple wounds. You need, actually need to get through. Yeah, like the AP 10 or yeah, yeah, six they, strength, six attacks that hit on threes or twos. And exactly. Six. And so you went with the Heart Ripper thingy? No. Okay. I've gone with a great weapon and a Kingslayer. Ah, that's the that's the key build at the moment. That that's I I made that. It's just with the ogre because you can use a spine splitter. It's a big name. Okay. So when you charge, and there's only just you just need one character, then you will reach seven strength nine attacks. Woo. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> and then compare that to uh, so who cares if you have force? <laughs> no, no, yeah, but of course I have a uh, Savage Fury and I have a uh, Rod of Battle in the list. Ah, nice. And more importantly, my impact hits will with Spine Splitter be uh, Strength 6, AP3. That's, that's quite sexy. So that's most likely it's D3 plus 1 impact hits and then so, one stop. So you got a Spine Splitter and a great weapon? Yeah. And, and no, no, Spine Splitter is the big name. Yeah, yeah. 
But, yeah. but what else do you have on the can? Uh, mammoth hack club. That's the, you can't be wounded on a four plus. No, no, it's uh, you only have string five. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And so you can't be wounded on four plus. Yeah, and then I have the Orox charm. I oh, have sure multiple does. wounds rounded okay. up. Okay. So I guess the idea with this is that you can kill the potent lords. Yeah, that that shouldn't be a problem because mostly they don't have a an Aegis save. Yeah. I think that the Aegis save is the, the problem. But the issue with Ogres is that there's so many things that they don't have access to with the magical items. Um, yeah, because they are large. Yeah. And they don't have heavy armor. Exactly. And they're not allowed to uh, use magical items under Iron Fist with anything but like Hot Ribber. Yeah. Um, and the problem is they only have, uh, only, I know a lot of others have that, but they only have Weapon Skill 6. Um, so the problem with them being really, really expensive is that they can't really do everything at the same time. You really need to specialize them. Uh, and and I'm j I'm whining. I know that, but I, I feel we're used to it with you, Oliver. No worries. Yeah, it's just I feel a bit. I feel a bit. You know, cheated with my great con because I think it I, sounds I, pretty good. I, How I many pay, points yeah, is it? Uh, he's pretty cheap. Because I went with a cheap build. <laughs> He's like 550 or something. Wow! It's quite but expensive. The, the, so. the problem is that you can get Chaos Lords for the same price that can both be Kaylee and Tangy and everything else. He only has a 4 up, 5 up save. Yeah. yeah. But he has. You can't, you can't wound him more than a 4 plus. But the, How many hit points? 5. So, wounding on force, just just to wound, you need 10 attacks on him. Yeah. Then you also need to hit, so let's say you hit him on force, because not everyone is so great at hitting. So you need 20 attacks on but him. But that's still way, how, way, how many? way less than any other character. Or if you hit on threes, you need 15 attacks. But yeah, but that's still way, 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 way less. Yeah, but how, how many characters are gonna put 15 attacks on him before he gets a strike? No, 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 no. Characters always hit on threes against him, unless it's. So that's 15 uh, maybe, attacks. Maybe a Saurian Warlord, but then you reroll once, so you still have a slight edge at that point. But the problem is that you have, of course, against him it doesn't matter, but he doesn't have the luxury of having a good save. And of course he's more difficult to wound, but that is migrated by, you know, just having strength 5. There's a lot of those going around. And uh, rerolled wound and poison attacks. I don't know if you remember, Patrick, but you had a unit of skinks that almost killed him. When? A while ago. <laughs> Many editions ago. No, 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 no. We were playing at my place. I remember my zombies killed Ikana once. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a unit of skinks with poison attacks, but that's a year ago. No. You're trying that evocation list at my place? That was the first time I tried my Yeti list. Ah, uh, so anyway. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, so but, I think but, but, but the thing is that he is made to kill uh, one up rerollable characters. Yeah, and, and we're seeing a lot of that in the meta. Yeah. At least in Denmark. Yeah, yeah, and that's what he does. Because they're so brokenly good. One of the role of characters is just... <laughs> wow. It's 
speak from the guy who has three in his list. They're not a re-rollable ammo saves. Just have Aegis saves instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, back to uh, without whining. I think what I realized is that if you want to play the Khan, you, you need to lose wounds with him. You need to use his wounds as a resource. That's pretty, you know, important. But I put him in a place where yeah, he can actually do damage. I mean, he's going to take some more, wounds, but more, more like I, I need to have multiple wounds first of all. Yeah, that's really, really important uh, because otherwise, it's you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, a burning portal lord would just rip him apart. Yeah. Um, if if you're having a D three and they're all a, a five or six, is that two wounds? Yeah. Okay. But it's still it's still pretty less, okay. less wounds. <laughs> it's still okay. Um, it's probably not going to kill you in one round. No, 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 no. He shouldn't. I think so maybe you know. Words, but, right? the, but the trick with having mammoth hat cloak is that I use shamanism. Uh, yeah. uh, so I get either plus one to toughness or my own hereditary. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are some people who are smart enough to wait uh, with using their binding scroll for that. Spoiling all the good tactics now. Well, it doesn't really matter. Well, you, you know, you always get good uh, little tips on Amazon podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Bro, tip of the day: <laughs> save your binding scroll for children of Umi. Oh, Savage Beach. Savage. Savage Beach. Is that what it's called? No, Savage Beast. Awaken the Beast. Awaken the Beast. Awaken the Beast. Savage Fury. So, yeah. I missed that old spell from another game where you had like plus three attacks, plus three strength. Oh, yeah. Oh, what was that? On your character. Transformation of Cadderon? Yeah, no, no, that was the one that turned you into a fire dragon. Hydro Dragon or something. Uh, I remember doing the shenanigans where you could, you had like a beast wizard and then and a shadow wizard, and you switch places with your your beast wizard with the shadow wizard, and then cast the transformation. So you're like, you think you're someone, you're just chaffing someone with your shadow wizard, and then you do the switch room with the attribute, and then you suddenly have like a beast wizard in there. Fighting as some combat unit as like a dragon. Yeah. But anyway. The only problem was what, was that people could uh, dispel it. Yeah. Well, not when you irresistible forced it on five dice or six dice. And then blow yourself up afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see all the demons lists because I still think that they will be one of the best armies at DTC. I I will be wrong. But I'm just gonna say it because we're on a show and we need to uh, <laughs> say some stupid stuff at times. I think I think what we've been seeing in Denmark. Oh, and I've also obviously I'm playing for Ireland, so I'm I'm getting like a taste of the British meta. Yeah. I think we're seeing like a lot of warriors, and I don't know if you guys are paying attention to the U.S. Masters recently. They, yeah. They they were all kind of planning against there being a lot of portent lords and I feel like that's the meta in general in Denmark maybe a bit in the UK as well a lot of warriors players playing portent lords I mean in Denmark everyone's playing the Hellmore with the teleporting stuff and yeah. the UK not so much that's kind of the difference there um, but here in, when we're going to Sweden it's completely different I, I, I had a very quick glance at the list I didn't really 
pay attention. I think I just looked at the, the different I saw this. Silver elves and like dwarves and King of Lakerton. Yeah. A lot of dwarves actually. But yeah, fair. Yeah. I think if you don't have the Helmor you're doing something wrong. I'm sorry, but yeah, it's just so cheap to give your entire army a totally different, you know, versatility. Yeah. It 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 just doesn't make any sense not to. But it, but it seems to be very different lists to what we're usually playing against. I don't know if people are playing more like fluffy lists or... It, it definitely wasn't that kind of tournament last year. Maybe something someone was just finding something else really strong. Yeah. I think my list is very unorthodox as well, but... Yeah. I think yours is definitely not. <laughs> Mine? Yeah. No one is playing the same as I. No? Definitely not. Oh, big big blocks and some Ramphodons and some characters. I guess there's not so much variation going on for the Saurians anyway, so yeah. yeah, I guess it's the same, but no one's playing Protean. Yeah, I, th that's actually that's actually interesting because it's so good. Yeah, but people are like, it. yeah, they like Divination, but that's just shit. I think it's not good enough. Yeah, I, it, I agree. But I guess it depends on your list. Like, the, now there are so many different Saurian lists that actually do pretty good, but that's because they have some pretty good players playing them. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, what else is going on in, uh, in the hobby these days? Do we have any, any news or...? I painted a Bowman for my Kingdom of Egerton yesterday. Yeah? Did you paint any of those characters I gave you? Not yet. Uh, one of them broke at Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. So, you're, no. you're rolling your dice too hard. No, one of the other players was moving it and didn't think it was so fragile. And I said to them, it's fucking fragile. <laughs> just smashed it. Oh, so it, no, I conclude it's fine. But you, you painted a bowman, congrats. Yeah. Pro progress? Yeah, but then I was too busy and I couldn't add enough time to paint anything more. But I kind of found a painting scheme that I wanted to follow. Yeah. Which what is, are you doing? No, it's just some browns and greens of different varieties of brown and <laughs> just ditch the brown. orange. <laughs> <laughs> what scheme is it? It's brown. <laughs> brown and green, come on. And then it's gonna have some like details with some different like other colors, maybe red and yellow and metal bits all over to like make it. So are you going for a speed painting army or what's it the... Is. <laughs> Yes. Have you been looking at any like Kingdom of Equitain lists that you want to try? Um, yes and no. I think uh, the Italian list is super interesting because it has been the same for three years at the ETC. Like through massive updates of the game and metas <laughs> changing and everything is changing except for the lists from Italy of the Kingdom of Equitain. And it's always performing. Okay. Maybe he's just a really good player. Yeah, but it's a small list, and it can play in so it can play like it can basically just be in, in one like eighth of the board in the corner. But it can also like go forward, and it has so many different ways of playing, and it's very flexible. Like, I what's, think what's I, in the list? It's uh, it's two blocks like Questing Knights and the Knights of the Real, and then it's just a few characters, and that's basically the list. Okay, so just two blocks and then the basically, rest. basically just two blocks. Yeah. Before he used to have the like the big, uh, the, the might duke with the with the lands 
then he had some Pegasi to like grandfather. Yeah. To just let him be in. But now now that guy is broken up into two one or two other guys and no Pegasi because they were just there to protect him. Okay. Cool. And then you also I guess you take the green knight and you have unit of chaff human and that's it. No no guns, no artillery, no just knights. Just blocks of knights. Knights and characters. Cool. I don't think yes. So you painted a peasant bowman. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I have I don't know a hundred peasants that I need to paint. Yeah, and no knights. Like my my zombie pile. Like, uh. yeah, but you know, I spray painted my ghouls. Woo! <laughs> Made a start. So uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about is the actually the miniatures that I did give to you. So. The, we got like a small sponsor from Anor Miniatures. Yeah. Anor? Anor. Anor. A E N O R Miniatures. Um, so they, they sent me a little package if we could do a review. Yeah. Woo! So we can do a little review now. You can, yes. if you want to talk about the models that you got. I got some, the, uh, some orcs, goblins, yeah. things. I think I think they're more for like D and D than Ninth Age, but you're playing D and D, so I thought you'd be the best person to, uh, to review them. To review them, yeah. Well, I think the models are super nice and and actually very detailed. Like the the quality of the model is really crisp. Yeah, I agree. Um, before you gave me you gave me two models of um, what was the other the two Ra- like raging heroes? Yeah, exactly. We, One we're, we're coming to that after. Ah, okay, no, but. <laughs> Just say it's, it's, a a di- it's a different kind of uh, resin, right? Resin, but this from Eno is uh, is quite nice. The the raging heroes one was really nice and one was a little bit um, not so nice in the resin actually. Yeah. But I think it was an old model and a new model, so they improved it for the new model, so yeah. the new model was. Oh, yeah, I think they've uh, had a different type of resin for their new ones. Yeah. I have some of the old ones, and they're not as nice as the new ones. Yeah, exactly. But the Eno models look really, really nice, and they, I think they're going to be amazing for villains in the D&D game. Yeah, like you got two goblins with spears. Yeah. And I think if you could... They are very dynamic. Could, yeah, they're really cool. Yeah, like not, not your standard type of uh, rank and file no. thingy. They are really dynamic, so... I don't know how it's going to be to rank all them. No. But I'm sure there's a way. I think, I think if, if I was cool. going to describe them, I'd say, like, you have kind of the Games Workshop style Orc and Goblin, where the features are really, like, caricature features, the big nose, the big ears, the big teeth, the big mouths, the big jaws. And then you have, on the other end of the scale, you have, like, the Lord of the Rings type Orc, where they're a bit more humanoid. And they just have like pointy ears and hooked noses and yellow teeth and red eyes. And I think these Anor orcs and goblins are somewhere in the middle of that range. Yeah. They cut. They kind of. They're a bit wacky in the way that the Games Workshop wants, but in a conservative way, like the Lord of the Rings wants. Yeah, I think they have better proportions than Games Workshop models. Yeah, exactly. The pro- the proportions were quite cartoonish for the Games Workshop models. Yeah. These. I know it's like it's a fantasy game with fantasy orcs, but they look more realistic. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. So like the Lord of the Rings are quite realistic orcs. Yeah. Whereas the Games Workshop are like OTT orcs, and these are kind of a little bit more in the middle of that scale. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I saw them. I look forward to paint them. Yeah. 
they they look really nice to paint. I so I, I got uh, I took from the collection that they sent me. I I took a barbarian character model, and the idea with the character this one is that you could it came with like an axe and a shield, and there was two heads. There was like a a bald head with a beard, and like a Viking head with like a horned helmet. So it could be used for a barbarian character in D and D. Or as like a, a barbarian chieftain, or like an Asklander, or an Asklander would be perfect. Yeah. And this dude is fucking stacked. He looks like Arnie, who's been like shredding and cutting for like weeks. <laughs> He's like shredded to fuck. He's got like calves the size of like cow's legs. <laughs> And he, he's like, if you put him next to an elf, if an elf is like six foot, he's like seven foot. Yeah. But he fits nicely on a 25 millimeter base. Yeah. So I'm going to use him. I actually did a conversion. So I uh, I removed his hands and I exchanged his hand for like a hand in my bits box that had a staff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make it into like a, a barbarian, like a sorcerer, barbarian yeah. sorcerer character for my warriors. And uh, I used the the, bit, the bald head with the beard, so he'll like look a bit more like a wizard rather than like a combat character. So he's like a shredded wizard. Yeah, he's like a fucking stacked like, dude with the wizard. The wizard is just I have these two spells. That's enough. Then now I go to the gym. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely like his. The one spell he knows is is like awaken the beast. And he just casts <laughs> it on himself every day. Yeah. <laughs> Does not need to go to the gym. And uh, do you remember the other ones that, that I was given? There was like a wizard, like a little uh, female wizard model. That was the one that stood out most to me in the collection that I was given. Ah, from the Eno models? Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually recall that you had like a big pile. Yeah. Well, there was, yeah, I got like 10 miniatures. Yeah. I think it was from that recent Kickstarter. Yeah. And there's also like this cool little witch model. I actually gave it to another friend of mine to do a review as well. He's playing Mordheim with his uh, with his daughter. Yeah. So he he, he wanted the, the the witch for his daughter to use in Mordheim, and it's like a, a kind of I wouldn't say it's like a child model, but it's like a adolescent female model with like a witch hat on, mm-hmm. and it was like really nicely proportioned, and it wasn't like kind of Games Workshop sex wizard model, but it was quite quite a nice like conservative. I thought it was really cool. If I if I play like an empire army or something, then I would I would easily use that for like a, a wizard or a witch. Yeah, or a kingdom of Ecton. Yeah, exactly. Damsel would have been fine as well. But uh, overall, I think these Aenor miniatures are really nice. They also have a Kickstarter. I don't know if it, if you can still join it, but it's for ogres as well. I think they did ogres and orcs together, and I I backed it for ogres because there's like a, one of the ogre models is like a big ogre carrying a pig. Hmm. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it for a cyclops in my beast herds army. That's a great idea. That's nice. So like the the cyclops is, has like a, a stone thrower, right? So instead of a stone thrower, it's gonna be a pig thrower. It's gonna throw pigs at you. Actually, <laughs> actually, I, I played a I played the a Warhammer role playing game recently. Yeah. And uh, it was like the introduction of the new game they're launching. And there's a scene. Which one? The new Warhammer role playing game. So. Is this, is this Games Workshop? No, no, it's not. It's probably they have the rights for it, but there's another company doing it now. Okay. So the scene is that you are like uh, this adventuring party, and you are in the middle of the street in this new town in in the Empire. I can't remember the name. And there's like a festival going on. There's like a carnival, and all of a sudden this uh, fight breaks out. And there's like someone who's like. Uh, 
tilting a cart full of pies. <laughs> so, so all the pies they go all over the marketplace where the venturing parting is. So now the ground is difficult to rain because of fucking pies <laughs> because it's so slippery and full of all the jam and all the things. What the kind nice. of pies are they? Like berry pies. Okay. Pies with with like strawberries and blueberries, strawberry tarts, something like that. And then all of a sudden, there's one of the one of the bullies, one of the like men that are that are fighting the party. They, they pick up a big pig and just throw it at pick people. Up a big <laughs> so all of a sudden you're like making saves to just stand on your feet because there's a big pig tumbling through this crowd of fighting people, yeah. and you are having difficulty to stand up because all the pies are making the the bricks or the floor slippery. <laughs> That's cool. It's like so everyone's slipping around and pig, pigs are running around. Pigs are flying and pies are all over. And <laughs> Everyone is dressed out to like this carnival thing, and you don't know who's actually fighting you or not. <laughs> cool. Like, by the way, speaking of making saves, I have a news break. Breaking news. Yeah, exactly. Uh, make some make some news theme. Breaking this is news. Justin. Yeah, welcome to Amber Time News. <laughs> As you might have heard, the virus of Corona. Why won't you be my Corona? No, uh, <laughs> has been spreading around the world. It's in Sweden. Is it in Sweden? Now, today, the first case has come to Sweden. Guess which city? Really? Jönköping. Shipping. So we're going to the one place we're where going the fucking to Corona Father Nurgle himself. Fuck. Really? So, yes. Or Father Sloth or whatever. So you want to hear some, some facts instead of all the news? <laughs> I don't give a fuck about fuck facts. Hashtag fake news. Fake news. No, but yeah. Uh, no. So in Denmark, we had uh, like flu epidemic. Epidemic. Epidemic in 2017-2018. So just in Denmark, like in the winter at that time, um, we had a flu epidemic in Denmark, <laughs> and it was super, super not hyped at all in the whole world. But a few years before that, we had like the SARS epidemic across 17 countries in the whole world, and that like everyone was so scared and everything was just so bad and blah blah blah. How many people died from the SARS? Uh, no idea. 81. No, 700 something people, something. People. <laughs> but how many people died in fucking Denmark yeah. in the winters 2017-2018? Yeah, yeah, more people Zero? died from having sex. Double. No one talked about it I, in the whole I, fucking I, world. And everybody was tripping because of SARS. I, I actually knew that and I, I've talked to one of my friends at work about it and I think the, the whole thing with you know SARS and the bird flu and this uh, H1N1 yeah it, it doesn't really matter how many dies from it I think it <laughs> doesn't matter how many it doesn't no, matter. No, no. one million or one hundred I mean, or a billion because yeah. no I'm talking about like how many people die from malaria each day yeah uh, I think the whole point is that we're not you know is this gonna you know snowball is this is this just gonna get out of control like I, don't know. I think that's the I think that's the thing that worries people like 
What was it like in the Middle Ages? There was a big plague of flu in what was <laughs> it's called Spain. The pl- it's called the plague. No, 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 not the plague. A, a big epidemic. Spanish influenza. Yeah, something like that. How many people die? Like 30 million people. No one uh, talks about it. Wait, which one of them? Cholera. Yeah. Or? And one of them was like so many people died from from in, from the flu in the middle in the dark Middle Ages in Spain. Like, uh, okay. If I you, don't know the English word. If uh, you if you go in the history books, it's like yeah. in the appendix. By the way, 30 million people died here. Like that's it. <laughs> and footnote, footnote, and other things like oh, we had 65 people die from this horrible, horrible accident. Where blah blah blah. Yeah. Page up, page down, all over the news. The virus is coming, and like. And uh, honestly, it's a bit impressing. <laughs> Sorry, impressive that you know people live so close in uh, Wuhan where it happened that it didn't spread more. I'm, I'm actually yeah. a little bit <laughs> impressed. They they closed down everything. I mean, yeah, president, the president of Madagascar was closing down all the borders. Wow. Okay. But it, <laughs> no, you don't know the reference. <laughs> uh, uh, you never played the uh, pandemic. No. You know, what's the most trending uh, game in App Store right now? Plague. It's like a game okay. where you have to be a virus or a bacteria and infect the whole world and kill everybody. Okay, so someone actually tried to do this maybe? No, no, it has been a game on like... An, oh, it's on, like a, on the app? On the app. It's like an okay. online game for many, many years. It was called Pandemic and then Pandemic 2 and then it was converted into an app called Plague. And now oh, yeah. it's trending again, but it's, it has been like that for many years because... From time to time, we see these massive outbreaks of virus or whatever, and people freak out all over the world. And then, should, should we be worried if it's in this town that we're going to? No. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a there's a guy in in Denmark who's also infected. No good. But then he wasn't infected anyway. No, exactly. So, and most people that are infected are because they were in the Wuhan province. Okay. And he's probably in Sweden because he was transported to Sweden by the government to have okay. it treated. Okay. So maybe there's a big uh, hospital in Jönköping. Jönköping? Jönköping. I'm sure we'll be fine. Well, Just I'll eat your vitamin C's. Well, I've got an orange. So, so that's your protection Everything right will be fine. Yeah. And I've got my Asia safe. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> How? But maybe fortitude is more important. Yeah. It's, I don't know. That, is it poison attacks? It's like a plague center. Or toxic attacks. Toxic, maybe more. <laughs> but you can take fortitude save against toxic attacks. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it's <laughs> flaming toxic attacks. But then you have your ages save. Mm, yeah, but it's only a 5 plus for I, me. I don't see how the. Coronavirus is flaming. Are yeah. we gonna Are we gonna talk about uh, the lists? No, we're gonna find gas and eat. So before we find gas, and slightly back on topic, um, the Raging Heroes models that you got. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Those, uh, so so what? Which model did you get from Raging Heroes? I got the like the the Battle Sisters, I think they're called. Yeah. And I got the the they. They did it for a long time. They did um, like a sci-fi edition of them, yeah. but now they started to do um, fantasy line. Yeah. So I got one with a gargoyle and a big fucking sword and some like candles on the back. Yeah. And that's that's I think that's the one from the from the first 
run because it's one of the older models and the, um, the resin is a little bit off because they have the, I mean the details are so so fine like the candles crazy, on the right? back are it's like crazy. diminutive I, I have no idea how I'm gonna paint that <laughs> but it looks awesome <laughs> like, it looks is, awesome is it possible to have a brush that small that you can paint I, it I don't know I don't like one hair at a time yeah. like, <laughs> uh, and I think the model is cool uh, but it's like it has like a big big dress like running down across the floor so I'm having a little bit um, I'm discussing how to actually like fit it on a fit base. On a base. You're gonna use it for Kingdom of Entertainment or for D and D? Both. So it needs to be on 20 mil. Yeah, though, I would prefer that. But maybe I can do something that it's gonna be like a hero thing. Yeah. That might go. I, I thought about you actually just or put it on, chop it in half, put it on horse. No, put it on a 50 by 50 base. Yeah. And just slap a griffin back on on the back of the base. So that's like a griffin. But then the, this fucking system of battle with the sword as tall as herself, yeah. just in front. So like it's like gonna be the duke yeah. riding the griffin. Cool. Maybe hippogriff. Hippogriff. Oh, hippogriff. Yeah. 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 Because I have a I have a hippogriff model. Okay. Lying around. Uh, I'm just waiting for someone to use a hippopotamus. And then uh, <laughs> and then I have I got another model also, which is like this um, like cleric thing. So. Not the big dress, like it's just an ornamented full plate armor. Yeah. Which is not like the you can see she has breasts, but it's not like the like super sexy armor, it's like yeah. super more realistic armor. Yeah, super unsexy. And then um, and then she has a big fucking warhammer and like a staff thing with a with a castle on top. Cool. And some like some so actually, actually perfect for Kingdom of Akatane then. Uh yeah. And for D D. Yeah. So I actually made a a D and D character out of her, cool. and I'm playing her in the game right now. Awesome. Yeah. And then what about the model itself? Like the quality. The, and the resin is just super crisp. Yeah. Like very very nice, and I didn't I didn't think I would be able to like I thought how, how are you gonna connect this model? But she had like small um what's it, pieces of cloth like yeah. flowing in the air, so it's like very dynamic. Yeah. It fits perfectly on a 20-20 mil yeah. base. And it looks it looks so dynamic and, and, and amazing. Like even the pose, how she's like. Pat Patrick posing. is like in, I, I in the car, in the car, like trying to stretch his arms out and his neck. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really do it right now because I'm driving. It's, it's very elegant. But the, but the pose, the model looks realistic, and the pose is super nice. Awesome. Like she's a, a tad arrogant, but that's because she knows her shit. <laughs> oh, he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> she knows she's hot. <laughs> she knows she's good at playing. Like, she good. doesn't need to wear like sexy armor because she knows she's hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but she could be like a damsel or even a paladin on foot. Yeah. Or duke on foot. Cool. But I'm probably not gonna play that, so I'm just gonna use it for a damsel. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. That's, that's perfect. Have, so, you, have you bought any new models recently, Oliver? No. I'm still trying to paint some of my old shit. Um, I got, yeah, actually, I got a lot of warriors from Patrick. Yeah. Uh, warriors of the Dark Gods. So did, I just did you do anything with them yet? I'm I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing, <laughs> going okay. to do. It's uh, gonna be a new army. Yes, uh, and I think you know I'm I'm really looking at 
how to paint them because every time I do something I kind of get tired after the last couple of uh, the first couple of units but it's very easy you just spray paint them silver then you wash them with learn oil and then you stick them on the base nobody <laughs> yeah, it's, no, but it's, maybe, maybe it's uh, not that bad an idea but like for example with my ogres I and think then, I got off from a really good start and then you mix it up a little bit so some of them they will have like a soft tone shade and some of them will have dark tone shade <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, like with my ogres, uh, you know, I started out really nicely and things look really pretty. And then you got lazy. No, I didn't get lazy, <laughs> but then all of a sudden, because I'm, I'm not the best player, but I'm, I, I play competitively. So all of a sudden, you need to paint up three units. You know, and you need to do it fast. Yeah. I actually did some hobbying for this tournament. Yeah. Ooh. Because, uh, I, also I, moving I switched out one of my cowboy models, so they didn't look so much the same. So now they are, have a different paint job, the two cowboys. Okay. Ah. And just before we left, I actually just put the last, the finishing touch on the base. <laughs> Dark flesh tone. <laughs> uh, no, no, I was like doing grass and some other like undergrowth thingy things. Sweet. To cool. make the base uh, look like the rest of the army. I think uh, the, the, the only thing designated hobbying, hobbying I did for this tournament was to find the right magnetic weapons for my models <laughs> <laughs> and you know change out the the, the, the pistols on your mercenaries. Um, there's only one of them that has it, but ah. I think they look. You know, I I like them. It's. Cool. I think if you don't know that they have pistols, then you know, fuck you. <laughs> um, do you have a command group on them? I think they're going to no. screw you over here in Sweden. Uh, I think they're very hard on the what you see is what you get. You know what? I'm, <laughs> if I'm if not they sure. say anything about that, then I'm going to go around and look at other guys and you know, just tear it apart. <laughs> uh, so because I you like I've, I've, I've played in a lot of tournaments now with that. Not, not a lot, but three tournaments and no one has ever been in doubt. I've, I've never had any problems like not playing what you see is what you get like no one's ever yeah. said anything to me i mean i usually play pretty precise but i mean i don't think it's gonna be a problem no i i actually painted a, a lion chariot for this tournament sweet oh but no Ooh. sorry i didn't finish oh sorry i i did my first unit filler ever for my ogres okay just, wow. be just because i didn't want to paint up a, another yeti because i only have metal models and i hate the metal yetis so it's actually and one of the very first things i got for my ogre army and i got it from henry oh i know what this is yes and it's uh, my big hollow skull <laughs> the, the, the blood skull yeah and the fun part is the colors really go well with my army Uh, you were saying about your unit filler. Have you done anything else to the the 
The crystal skull? <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I just put it on a page. Okay. <laughs> so I when broke, you said you I made broke, a unifer. I broke off one of my mercenaries from its base just to put it on it because I didn't have the sixth uh, Yeti. Oh. So uh what to fucking do? So <laughs> But it looks amazing. So back to the most important topic of tonight. Fuck Casimir. Fuck you, Casimir. Fucking deserter. I mean, now if go to Sweden, your home country, and you're not even here. Get coronavirus. You're not even here to help us. You're like us. risking our lives to get to Sweden <laughs> to play a tournament in your country, and you're not even here. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> Just fucking off to some other European country without coronavirus. Not risking your life. Give it a few weeks. He'll be there as well. Making money on your big new job, and getting a new apartment, stuff like that. <laughs> What do you know? <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> so now that it, now that that's now out, that of that's the out of the way, yeah, we can proceed with our podcasts. Yes. <laughs> so I I uh, I painted my second line chariot. Yeah, it was just a Games Workshop Lion Chariot, but I added like a Last Sword miniature character on the back. He's like a guy with like a lion head thingy and a like a staff. Mm -hmm. So I could use it if I wanted to use it as a BSB model or a character model. I could, and it can also just be a Lion Chariot, which is what I'm using it as for now. The Lion Chariot characters are quite nice. Are the Limolos coming back? Yeah, they're a thing. Uh, but but they they're have, just not as good have, as the Griffin Prince. They don't have one up in combat. No, they don't have one up in general. They have, they can have one up, right? No, I think you can, but it's you have to have a shield. But the, okay, so the shield is five points. Yeah, so, so you want to paint range. It's worth it, probably. Yeah. But, but but let me just. When are we gonna talk about the Griffin Prince? Seriously? Do you think? Yes. <laughs> Are you? I'm joking. Why? Why didn't anyone see that? So I have a sneaky Griffin build. Better than the regular Griffin build. You're gonna sneak the Griffin up someone's ass, or? Yeah, yeah. I, I you want to you you hear my sneaky Griffin yes, build, or should I, we talk about the regular, the regular Griffin build? Be better. Is, is it the one you're bringing right now? No. Okay. Is this is a Griffin Lord build? Ah, the Prince. Yeah. Okay. You're bringing Commander. Yeah. Mm. I think that. The commander with the four ages is quite a good deal for the points. Yeah, like a really good deal for the points. Yeah, the griffin itself is like an amazing mount. It's better. It strikes better than a dragon when it charges. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, the small detail. Yeah, it just rips. <laughs> I've been saying this for fucking ages, but it's just been now. It's just cheap enough that it's viable. Yeah. How much is it? Fifty points, whatever. No, it's like a hundred and. 180. Okay, okay, okay. I was so, just taking a So, so <laughs> the difference between a raptor and a griffin is what 60 points, and then you can fly and what five strength six attack with lightning reflexes and extra, extra wound. <laughs> no, but you know what? If you, you want to complain about that, I can't remember if it's beast hurts or uh, auction goblins uh, that can give 20 points to get a chariot. Hypodos can do the same for the majors and chariots. Yeah. Like 40 points. Major and a griffin, 100 points. <laughs> no, uh, I think it's actually, good. I actually played against good. the guy who did that, and then he just put death cheat on it. Ah, uh, too many points. Yeah, it worked okay. 
but what's really important is the glittering lacquer on the on the prints. So let's go back to your build. Okay, so the, the, the standard build for the Griffin prints, if you're just taking one, is a prince on a Griffin with a lance, with Nova Flare, a shield, Dragonforged armor. Uh, you take the Diadem of Protection and uh, Demon's Bane. And if you want, you can also take Obsidian Rock if you really want. I've also seen people who uh, put glittering lacquer on. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. Target. So there's a lot, of, a lot of different things, but the general build is Nova Flare, Diadem of Protection, and Demon's Bane. That that gives you... But you have you have space for the glittering lacquer also. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, you should do. So that's I think that's the general build. You want the minus one. You I've never seen target. anyone not play him with glittering lacquer. You want the hard target, you want the four pages, and then you want the Nova Flare. Yeah, exactly. Then Demon's Bane is just because you have 10 spare points in the allowance for magical items and it fits. But it gives you a tip against magic, which is really good. Where, when do you need that? Magic uh, missiles. Yeah, something like... Something like um, the occultism magic missile. Yeah. Or you get like a pentagram of pain or you get a divination unerring strike just pyromancy pyromancy or two up anyway oh yeah that's true but I have two up two up yeah okay yeah but uh, for 10 points of for 10 course points. To take it yeah. yeah so so my sneaky build yes is the same setup with Kingslayer with Kingslayer it so is you, yeah you take a lance and Kingslayer guessed it and you take uh, you take the diadem of protection for the four up to what ages save, of course. But then you take the ring of the pearl throne and Kingslayer. Ring of the pearl throne is you can negate one item, right? Yeah, and Kingslayer. Yeah. So if you can tell me a character that it probably it probably ki it doesn't kill on average, I would be impressed. So you, it you've goes got in with how many? Nine five? nine strength, six attacks with plus one to hit. And you're negating an item. But you have... And you get plus one strength and plus one attack if it's a character. Yeah, so you have five strength, seven attacks. Ten, ten strength, yeah, yeah. Five strength, seven attacks. And five and five strength, six attacks. So ten attacks. Ten attacks. Plus I think it has one, one vital issue. And that is... No, you know, no, that no. is what Nova Flare actually kind of goes... And what's that? That's the whole getting the charge against something that has a champion. Yeah, true. That is the, the one one vital thing. Yeah, true. But then if you have a list where you have like three or four other griffins, <laughs> then it's probably okay. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. You can actually fit five griffin characters in your army. If you take mages. No, no. But you can fit five, five griffin commanders with dragonforged armor, Lances and shields, and one of them is a BSP. Sounds stupid, but that 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 build sounds really nice, Henry. And it makes me wonder if it's just enough to have two of them. So my my Battle of Copenhagen list, I have. But the, the problem is that in the second round of combat, you're only strength five. Yeah, but you've killed what you need to kill. But you need to but avoid at what price? champions. Sorry. Need to avoid champions. Yeah, true. What's his like six hundred points? Then you know. Then you're you know it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> or more often than not, that's not 
enough. Yeah, yeah. But it's have, fun you done, have you done have you done the numbers and compared it to the Nova Flare? No. Okay. Because I think the Nova Flare is super important because it gives you that second round. Yeah, and it gives you lethal and divine attacks. Yeah, but if you have the ring and the pearl throne, you don't care because you just turn something turn off. Turn it off. That's true. That yeah, that that is uh, that is true. And you just don't care if you, as long as you have a few buffs, so plus one to wound from the fire or plus one strength from the beast. Yeah. yeah. So th this is my this is my sneaky build. You can also do the same thing on a lion chariot. But the flying is so nice to hit with it. Yeah. yeah. I think actually it's very very good with the buffs on him because you have so many attacks, ten attacks. Yeah. It's pretty sexy. Yeah. So that's my uh, that's my sneaky Griffin build for everyone out there. So now it's not sneaky anymore. No. Well, no. Nobody, the world. How many listeners do we have? Ten. Two hundred. Two hundred. No, but I don't think. Yeah, you can tell, but I don't think I dare you, listeners. You don't have the balls to play it. <laughs> ha. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> it does have some weaknesses. Yeah, of course. But but could use. Could you get glittering lacquer on that? No, that's 100 points exactly in magic items. But you're going points. for a prince, two, two, bitch. 200 points exactly. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Because I think that the glittering lacquer is vital. Really? Yeah. Like, okay, this is my expert, so expert high elf opinion in general. If you're playing a character on a griffin, if you're playing a character on a dragon, if you're playing something that can get hit by a cannon and killed in one shot, or get shot by loads and loads of arrows and die, don't put it in a position that it can get shot by loads and loads of arrows and die and don't put it in a position where someone can one-shot you with a cannon that's just really stupid so so, so don't play it so, in, so what I'm saying is you don't need glittering lacquer because you're not going to be putting it, putting yourself in a position where you're going to get shot that's my my two cents that's a bro tip of the day pro tip of the day the second bro tip of the day wait I'm just going to bro tip or pro tip I'm going I'm to be honest with you Henry that prince is very, you know, your build yeah. without hard target yeah. is w would have a hard time against my list because I have so much strength four AP two. Yeah, sure. But the rest of the list is just going to shoot that those off. Um. Yeah. If you have like twenty queens guard, or you have three bolt throwers, or pyro. I think, uh, yeah. I like I, in general, like it, we saw in England recently with the Masters and with the, I think it was, yeah, Masters, Masters Open, and there was a big tournament in Cardiff as well, or something like that. Bristol, um, all the high off lists were the same. I was listening to Thundercock's podcast. It was essentially Seaguard with the, with the. The spear guy, and the queen's companion, a pyro mage, three bolt throwers, a big unit of queen's guard, a unit or two of rhymer knights, and then bits and bobs, a few eagles. So it's just basically like a fucking gun line with some a little bit of counter charge, and then yeah. like a griffin or two. Yeah. And it was yeah, and and that seemed I reckon that's what we'll see at etc. Is going to be this high off bowline. I think you're going to see the flame phoenix. Yeah, I think you're gonna see the flame phoenix. Yeah, back. I think the but I think the griffins in general has 
made the lists more aggressive. Yeah. I think you'll see a lot of night lists. You can also see Empire of Sunstall, the lists, you know, that people are trying now are filled with uh, with knights. Why is that? Mm, I don't know. Are I think cheaper, uh, the meta, the meta is go is pulling towards more armor and long, you know, long charge distances. So I think we've had a period of time where there's a lot of uh, toughness 5 and strength 5 in general. Yeah. But not that much armor piercing. Yeah, I think I think there's more armor than there is armor piercing. Yeah. That's why Kingslayer is so good. Yeah, exactly. When I, when I charge with my lord, I'm you know, I I don't care about saves. AP 7? No. <laughs> AP5 when I charge and there's one character. Okay. No, no, sorry. Then I'm AP6. Yeah, so all the AP. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I just had the... I, I played with the D3 weapon a lot. Like, a lot. And the problem is that when you have five attacks and you have weapon skill six, then you hit most of your favorite targets, you know, our characters. You hit them on fours, and then you wound them on twos. Uh, Maybe an eight or so. Yeah, but then yeah, exactly. Because if they have a one up, let's just be fair. Let's just be frank. You know, most characters have a one up. What rollable? Patrick's one, army list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, then he would have a five up, four up, which means that there is less than one wound going through, on average. Yeah. Even if you, you know. And then you multiply it, of course. But that, for that, you need to actually wound. So I realized that I would rather have more attacks and make sure that I at least go through the armor save. Yeah, I have another sneaky build for the on foot VSB sour sour veteran. So actually, this is a really interesting topic because I, I don't think we see that many foot builds. No, I think you're the only one that's actually playing the foot. No, there was, a, there was another guy in the forum and he said, this build is really nice. And I thought, yeah, that's better than mine. <laughs> and I'm a little bit sad that I didn't bring it. But so it's, what's your build? My build is a Widow's Ward on a shield. Yeah. With a um, touch of greatness on the spear. Yeah. And then he has uh, the Obsidian Rock. Okay. So he's one, one up. One up. Yeah, he has heavy armor. He has five. Strength six. Strength six, yeah. So what do you think of that when you hear that? It sounds like solid. Okay, so you're also an idiot, like me. Okay. First well, of all, I don't know if it's the best, but it sounds okay. First of all, the guy's a BSB. Yeah. Which means he can take two banners. So, so you can just take two S icons for five points less. Exactly. <laughs> and I just didn't realize it. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> So that's five points. So are those five points important? Yeah, they are really important. <laughs> so what can we do instead? What what do we want with him? We want him to pierce armor. That's why we have him at strength six with a spear. So he has AP five when we charge him. Yeah. How many points is touch of greatness? Fifty or sixty points. Like it's Ooh. really expensive. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah, but you could also go with shield breaker because he has strength five. So, unless he's fighting something that is toughness or resilience three, yeah, he's 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 fine with just the limited on wounding on three 
plus maximum. So you take the shield breaker, you take the two ether icons on the spear with the shield breaker, uh, and then you take uh, potion of speed and the lucky charm and Willow's ward. Can you fit all those things? Yes, because all of it is pretty all of it is super cheap. So you have two eighth icons. Yeah, so you have the same magic rest. Potion of speed, that's 20 points. Yeah, but it yeah, that's but 40. He has a base agility of three. Yeah. With the spear it's five. five. All of a sudden it's eight with the potion. Yeah. So How many points is the shield breaker? 35. 35 points? Yeah. is 35 points. You didn't know? It costs nothing. No. <laughs> so all of a sudden he's he's killing armor save all the time. He's, he's strength 5 instead of strength 6. Yeah. But now he also has a rollable 1-up armor save. Just reroll once. This is a much better build. Yeah. <laughs> and he's faster, he's killing armor save all the time, and he has the same magic res. So much better. And I think it's so you. But you're not bringing this to the tournament. This no, weekend. because I I realized this after I put in my list. Nah. Oh well, <laughs> but it's pretty close. Are you, pl are you playing Battle of Copenhagen? Yeah. Are you playing this in Battle of Copenhagen? <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I'm not sure because Battle of Copenhagen is uh, is a different thing, and I think my list will struggle. When you scale it, because all the spells are too short range to really buff your units. If you're you're gonna have more units, you're gonna be playing all over the board. So I'm actually thinking about going like double quadle and some BSP thing on, on some towering presence mount, just to <laughs> have like 18 inch bubble of yeah. BSP and double quadle to have all the spells because it's 100 or 200 points more than what I currently have, and then I have eight super duper nice spells or nine spells at like plus one or plus two casts from yeah. two two really good paths and if I'm like really scared about what I'm facing I can always take the alchemy pyromancy quaddle with the sun tablet and the essence yeah so I'm covered there and then I can like so that's like the backup quaddle which is the toolbox yeah, and then I can slap on Evocation Quartal also for some like sniping goods and buffs. All, all the pew pew. Yeah, or I could just take the, the Protean Quartal with the Alchemy Pyromancy Quartal. That sounds good as well. So you have do, you, do you have double Lash and double Fireball? You cannot cast it twice. Okay, but you have, have it twice. What? But you would have the two of the same spell. No, I, no, I would just take something else than Fireball and Lash. Can you... Do you not just get them all? Oh no, you can with... Yeah, with the... Of course, yeah. With the Sun Saddle, yeah. you can just take number five and number six. Yeah. No problem. Cool. So, are you... Are you have a Hello. How many games have you played at 7,500 points? One. <laughs> that was one against me, so we're both oh, on the same number. Then I played two. I played one against Andy also. Okay. I smashed him. But I can't remember what the list I played. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same. I was trying to write the same list I played against you, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, but it was the Battle Strap and Battle Strap just fucked up, so... Yeah. yeah. Now it's, it's New Recruit. Yeah. New Recruit. New Recruit. New it's recruit. really good, actually. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Now I'm getting used to it and just have it in my browser on the phone. Yeah. Works flawless. Perfect. Really good. Already you, a beta switch. You guys went to a tournament last weekend? No, Patrick was Patrick, was it? Oh, you were? Uh, yeah. 
But you went to a tournament last weekend. Yeah. How did the tournament go last weekend? No. <laughs> it didn't go. <laughs> you, want, you want to talk about your games? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we have a long way to Sweden. It's just Sweden first, to uh, first shopping. Yeah, it was we just you know a, it was a really really laid back tournament. Two hundred kilometers to go. Really laid back, and I think we were only like fourteen people, maybe a bit fewer. Yeah. Uh, because we, yeah, you know, and uh, so my first game was against the uh, Orcs and Goblins. Who are you playing against? Uh, Manny. Yeah. Smashed you? ETC player? No, I think uh, I can't remember. I think he won something like six, uh, 14 six or something. Oh, that's pretty. That's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah, it's, it's we, we were just playing like really really slow, and that was totally fine by me. I would you know, there's no pressure since I know I'm not on the ECT, ETC team, so I can just have a little bit more fun when I play and relax, and that's really nice. So we just decided by uh, turn three or four that we just you know played that last round because it, uh, Manny he's a nice guy but he always has a lot of questions so we didn't get that far with the game um, and then I had some really 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 unfortunate dice um, against a great green idol which meant that I lost the scenario and I lost about a couple of points in the last turn and that was, yeah. And when you say a couple of points, is that like two or three hundred or five, six hundred or? No, three hundred to six hundred because oh. I had a unit of five yetis that ran off the board from, no sorry, four yetis from one bolt thrower shot yeah. uh, and I really needed them to block, uh, block a unit of uh, ball boys from getting the scenario. But then, you know, I, ha I did have an emergency plan because there was a great green idol in front of my uh, three mercenaries with poison. And it had already taken like two wounds or something. So it's like, okay, I go in, I have 15 attacks. I, I, I hit on threes and I have poison. That should be like... And you need sixes, right? So you should get two sixes or two and a half sixes when you when you hit. Yeah. And then you hit him on threes, right? Yeah. And yeah, so that's, that's something seven. like another six. So you should get three and a half sixes. Yeah. And, and how then many a did charge, you and then maybe make him crumble. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I ran in and I did almost nothing. And then the next turn again. Does like, it have an armor or Aegis save? That thing. I think it's like a four, four plus save. So it only had a six up save. Okay. But by the end it was standing with one moon left and kept my mercenaries just, you know. At yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of points as well. Yeah. But you know what? That was a nice game and he's a nice opponent and that was that was okay. Then the next game was against um, the most shooty uh, Sylvan Elf list I've played in a long, long, long time. What did it have? Um, Who was playing? Uh, Nugrain. Mm -hmm. So it's like two times ten Sentinels and ten Pathfinders. I mean, that's pretty shooty already. <laughs> and then two times ten uh, Core Archers. Then two Treemen. Can you can you even fit? It sounds like fit that many sounds, points in your. Sounds like the Trolls list. It I, probably is. I played against Trolls with the same list, and then he had two Fighty Lords that also shoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
and, and they amazing. shoot really well. And then two treemen and and a couple of dryads and that's it. Yeah, so, one block, one big block and one small block. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a pretty nice game. The thing is, he shot away a lot of my lists. Um, I have a lot of small units, and he basically just each turn he pointed at one of them. Um, Shooting the arrows into it, and he just dies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I had two units of yetis and a unit of scraplings that contested one of the. It was uh, spells of war, so they kind of uh, they were keeping at bay a treeman because if you have nine yetis running into a treeman. Nothing is, nothing is is certain, like at all. Yeah. Yetis into a treeman. Yeah, if you have nine of them. Oh, nine of them, yeah. Because I unit five and a unit four. Yeah. Uh, and you know a treeman only has five attacks, and but only has, has five the, wounds. But he has the eggy save. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> still, but the problem yeah, is with right? treeman. The problem with the treeman is that you have you have five attacks. And you hit on threes, so it can go south pretty fast. Yeah, two or three hits, and yeah, and then you wound on twos. But then again, you know, roll a single one, and yeah. you don't kill a yeti, then you're already behind. And I get to attack first, no matter what, because he gets minus one. So did you chop it down? Yeah, I drop it by one. No, but did you chop it? Chop the tree down? Oh, uh, honestly, I can't remember that tree. What happened? I think it was. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, my mercenaries came running towards it, and I think they just kept it at bay, and it had one wound left, and they were just a Mexican standoff. All right. So, uh, so basically, your mercenaries kept trying to kill things and left things on one wound. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really, uh, you know, putting my money on them for this tournament. They've been warming up for way too long now. But basically, you know, he shot a lot of units, but. One thing that the Ogres really have going for them with the Bombardiers is that if you kill two of them then all of a sudden I have one model that has a free reform and can march 12. Yeah. So it can be a lot easier to actually hide. Good at scoring as well. Well they didn't really do that but by the end I had like two units hiding between behind a hill. Yeah. And that made all the difference because basically for three turns he shot his entire army at my bus. But because I have Swift Stride, he will never get at short range. Yeah. So he set string three. And then I can, you know, either get plus one to toughness or chilling howl. Yeah. So yeah. And he used his um, binding scroll the first two turns. He had two of them. For stopping the totem beast, yeah, and that makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh, but you know what? I took a little bit of points, and he took more points. Uh, but you know, it was hold the center. Okay, so you, you're pretty much guaranteed the scenario. No, sorry, spells of war. Okay, so I got the scenario, and I won eleven nine. Nice, good job. Good. Yeah, it, it was player. it was okay. It was okay. You know, it's not a great matchup no. because you can't really let him have Should anything. We eat here? Yeah, let's do sure. it. Sure. Whoa. Is she? Oh. I saw a lot of signs. Yeah, for Burger e. King and something else. And don't really. Uh, yeah. So I was actually content uh, because one of my biggest problems is uh, sometimes I'm like, screw this, you know, 
if there's even the slightest chance that I'll go away with a big win, I'll just go for <laughs> it. Mm. Um, no problem as well. That's that. Yeah, that's my biggest, you know, weakness. Um, and I'm not really good at stopping it. So <laughs> I'm really happy about these kind of mid-range results. Yeah. Uh, and then my last game, I played against a potent list, just a pretty standard one. That's right. Yeah. Mm. And then. Um, Smash me with uh, it. You know, <laughs> I actually I liked my match here, and he. I also think he he thought that I. You know, it wasn't that bad against him, yeah. and we were basically just looking at each other because my Yetis they could pretty efficiently close off the portals. Yeah. Um, and then at one point I was just like, you know what? You gave me a ten charge with my bus on your force one star. Yeah. I'm just gonna go in. Let's do this thing. Yeah, yeah, and it it almost worked until it didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but basically, I had positioned my characters really bad. Okay. Um, that that was really horrible. But so you, was this the point at which your your ogre Khan with his Kingslayer build yeah. had had ten strength twelve attacks yes. and couldn't fight? And then he couldn't fight because my BSP <laughs> just made enough wounds so that his champion moved down, who was in a challenge with my uh, shaman. Heh. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, but. <laughs> I, I, I ran off because he charged me with a big uh, warrior's bunker in the flank. Uh, amazingly, he didn't do a lot of wounds uh, because I had a lot of buffs on. But, I've, but you still fled. I fled and I have switch stride, which gives me an edge against a lot of people and a lot of other bosses because it's not that many bosses that have uh, switch stride. So by the end, he got a few more points, and if I had waited to charge, you know, just one or two turns. I would have gotten this scenario, uh, which I didn't. So he won 15-5. Okay. So yeah, how many? That was okay. You know, I almost didn't have anything other than my bus left, and it just shows how much points are in that bus. <laughs> uh, three characters and the bus. Yeah, everything. yeah. So if if you know if you don't kill it, you don't win a lot. It's that simple. So I'm getting better at playing it very conservative. Cool. Um, and so I think experience? it's it's the best ogre bus I've made in years. It's that simple. I guess the more points you put in it, the better it is. Not necessarily, but it's not totally wrong. <laughs> I think the problem I've done before is that I've always played the tribesmen whenever I put characters in it, because I was like, I just need them to be bodies. Yeah, and But now I put them into, yeah, exactly. And now I just put bruisers into it, and I was like, you know what? There's not a lot of people who want to fight that. No, you, no, you no have to be what. pretty confident that you can go in there and... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. So in the end, you had. I didn't get a lot of points. No. I got like uh, twenty-seven. So points? so in somewhere in the middle. No, that's even a bit too but, high. Like twenty-three or something. Okay. It, it wasn't great. How did I was playing good players? And yeah, you played three etc players. Yeah. So pretty good. Yeah, and I I could have played better. Yeah. That that's the important part. You know, I I like games where I can play myself after the game. Yeah, and you can see where you made a mistake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How did the other guys do? Uh, it was very even. Um, was, was that Rasmus there? or Rasmus was there. It didn't go that well, but he was playing Sylvan Elves yeah. uh, with a list he hasn't played all that much. So, you know, it's totally fair. I think he made a lot more points than I did anyway. Um, but I think the Dwarves won. Jacob Barabur yeah. again? Well, he's, yeah. he's doing really well. He's also at this tournament. 
Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how he does yeah, yeah. over I, the weekend. I think he has good chances. Yeah. But uh, to be honest, I think it would be fair if it was one of the three of us that won. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. I don't think my list will, but we'll see. No, but you no. know what? A lot of these tournaments, I'm not saying that it's not down to being good, but it also depends... On the draw. Yeah, on the draw. Who who are you playing? Yeah. Especially in singles tournaments. Yeah, and if you get those like three or four games, it's just 20s, or yeah. good, good matches, then you're just like... Mm. Exactly. Right, let's go eat. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to Amatime Podcast, episode 49. Dude, what are you doing? Silence. <laughs> it sounds like you're like crashing through a closet with <laughs> full of glass and vacuum cleaners and stuff. No, I was I mean, like I just went away from a squeaky chair, that's why. <laughs> okay. Cool. So um episode 49 and um uh, I'm here today with a new guest on the podcast, Alex. Do you yeah. want to introduce yourself? Hello. Uh, oh, you want to sound? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. You got to talk as a podcast. Yeah, right. I got it. Sorry, it's my first, it's my first one. Um, so my name's Alex. I uh, live here in Denmark, um, and I'm from Canada originally. Um, live here for work. I'm a game developer in video games, and I've uh, recently been turned on to the Ninth Age. Yeah. I think it's awesome, and uh, Henry was nice enough to start showing me some of the ropes, and I guess we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to get your eyes opened for yeah. the first time. Exactly. So, so in the with the 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 joys of editing, we will be talking about the tournament in Sweden that we were in last weekend or the weekend before. I, I lose track of time, and then um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, a beginner's angle in the ninth age, and then also about Battle of Copenhagen, which is next weekend. And I've also got Casimir the Swede, who is yeah. phoning in from I'm no from Belgium. The Swede, though. <laughs> what, yeah, no longer the Swede, and I'm apparently from Belgium instead. You're still a Swede, though. Surely you're just a Swede in another country. Yeah, sure, but I mean, like, I feel like I can't, you know, represent as well anymore. Since I'm not coming over from Sweden every time. <laughs> but but you, we still need to call you Casimir the Swede. We can't call you Casimir the, the Belge. <laughs> the Belge. Okay, sure. Um, so I went to Sweden with uh, Patrick and um, Oliver. And I was also with Sven and Christopher Lusholm and Jakob Erobo as well. So, we... so how come that you go those... So many Danish people decided to go uh, this time. Um, I'm not sure. It was the same tournament as we went to last year in uh, Yunshipping. Yeah, exactly. And um, basically, I just got a text from Oliver saying, "Oh, do you want to go to Sweden this weekend to tournament?" I was, and that was like three or four days before. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I was like, yeah, okay, I could go. I'm not doing anything this weekend." So, I, so I went. Um, I just joined them in the car. They were driving up. 
and we we were listening to Swedish music all the way all the way uh all the way to Sweden like the radio or like uh on on YouTube Okay. <laughs> so it was like ABBA and some like weird Swedish country music and stuff that I didn't really know, oh, but it was wow. quite funny. <laughs> uh, you would have loved it. And uh, what I'll do is I'll I took some sound bites from Patrick singing in the car, and I'll put them into the <laughs> show at the right place. <laughs> um, but it was five thousand points tournament. We talked about the list in the car. Um, five five games in two days. The first night we went out and got really really drunk. And uh, I was, I ended up with Sven in at like four o'clock in the morning in like some nightclub in in this this Swedish town, and we were really drunk, so we went home and we got back and and Jacob had been sick all over the floor in the in like the in like the the sports hall or whatever that we were sleeping in, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, proceeded to duly win the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> So the theory, the oh, theory, man, so rough. Yeah, <laughs> did you see that picture I sent you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a picture of him, just like he's finished his game, but his head is just on the table and he's like asleep <laughs> after the first game. <laughs> yeah, he he smashed face. He actually came first, and uh, Oliver came sixth, and I think I came tenth. So you guys did really well. Yeah, I think so. Like I, I was pretty happy with my results. I had some games which were really stupid. I'll, I'll just quickly take you through the games, and uh, and then we can yeah, then we can go from there. So, my first game I played against dwarves with they had twenty four seekers, vanguarding, and uh, some shooting and stuff. And basically, what happened is my general failed a leadership ten panic test in the first round and fled off the table with my swordmasters. Yeah, because you didn't have a BSP, right? No, <laughs> and and this proved this. <laughs> This proved very fatal <laughs> throughout the whole tournament. <laughs> but uh, I soldiered on and managed to win like 12-8 or something in the end. Uh, just basically the Rymanites just cleaned up as they usually do. And, nice. and it was hold the center against dwarves and I just managed to get both units of Rymanites, which are like two models left, into the center at the end of the game to win the objective. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, it it was. We kind of added it up at the end. I was like, "Did I win?" <laughs> and <laughs> it was like, "Yeah, I think you won." <laughs> it was it was a really fun game. Um, the second game I played against, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember who I played the second game. Sorry about that. Um, the the third game I played against Sven with the t- teleporty warriors. The pretty netlist, I'd say. Um, ba- basically, like, because I've, play- I've played this, we had, like, a, a tournament in Aarhus recently, mm-hmm. and in my five games, I played against it four times. Wow. So it was a bit, like, it's a bit, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit annoying, but I learned, I got, like, over the tournament, I, now I know how to play against it. Mm. Um, it's so a really it, popular build right now. Yeah, the, yeah, the tele, at least in Denmark, it's really popular, the, with the, what's it, what's it called, Casimir, the... The Helmor. The Helmor, yeah. Which where you put a teleporter markers down and you can move your units around. Um so I was playing this MSU thing, which is like really small units, no BSB, just a character a couple of characters, like wizards. And I knew that I couldn't fight his units basically, so I was like, Okay, I'm just gonna try and avoid him the whole game. 
and Sven took too long, like teleporting around, trying to be clever, and where he should have just pushed at me. So basically, I played avoidance and he played avoidance the whole game, and I man- and I managed and I managed to just get the scenario, and I think I won. I think I won like fourteen six or something like that. Okay, I mean that does sound pretty stupid. Yeah, but I, I like to think I played like a really cagey game, and. Oh no! Sorry, it was a draw scenario. It was secure target, but I won fourteen six because I killed the Helmore by charging again, charging my Ramanites into it. I was like too wide in a column, and I charged it, and didn't do any, didn't do anything, and then like I just ground it down eventually. And uh, and my spearmen, they failed. Uh, oh no! They rather they passed. They passed two leadership seven tests against the Feldrax, and basically won me the game. Like, who needs a BSB, right? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then the the following day, actually, I I met a guy called Kamani who's doing a podcast or uh, YouTube battle reports, I think. He was at the tournament, he's a really nice guy. And we went for, we had a couple of beers on Saturday. And then uh, the following day, I played against Kingdom of Equitain. It was like a an ex-Swedish ETC player who's really, really good player. And um, I made, like, a really stupid mistake in the first turn where, like, the back corner of my Seaguard, he could just see them, like, just a few millimetres um, round, round, like, the edge of a hill. And he could only see it because I put my wizard in the unit and that made, the, like, the one guy would go back a rank. So the unit footprint was... The unit footprint was just... He could just see the unit footprint but he couldn't actually see any models, so that's when what caught me out. Yeah, that's definitely like one of those uh, new rules to, uh, or it's, I guess it's not new anymore, but like a rule that has, has changed over time that's really important to keep in mind. Yeah, exactly, like the actual unit footprint rather than the, the models. So just to explain yeah. to you, Alex, so if, if you have like a, a front rank of five, yeah, and then one guy behind, the unit footprint counts as like two ranks of five. Right. So you measure the line of sight and range to the unit where the whole footprint is. So basically what happened is I'd move my unit up and like around the corner of a hill, he could see my unit footprint. Like on the empty corner. On the empty corner, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, ah, fuck. So, I mean, so when you're measuring, because I, you know, having played a couple of games, I know it's not laser beam precise when you're measuring, you just kind of like... Yeah, okay. Like, you just kind of agree. Yeah, you, what you can do is you can take the model and you can put it on the corner just to measure oh, yeah, where okay. it is and then you measure to the model, yeah. for example. Yeah, okay. Yeah, usually it becomes a little bit easier if you have a, a movement tray that is, like, the unit footprint yeah. size because yeah, then exactly. you can see kind of the tray. Yeah. So, you, you like, at least on the flanks, right, you could use the movement tray mm. and depends how deep you are. So, yeah, but basically, man, I had to flee my Seaguard in turn one with my wizard in, and that meant that they would go off the table. But if I if I didn't do it, he would get a, an, like a unit of knights into my flank, and then just kill a couple more units as well. So it was better for me to just say, okay, my sea guard are gonna die, but and so and my mage, but at least I'm not gonna be in a shit position. And then this game, like the dice were just fucking ridiculous. Like they're going all over the place, like. I can't remember what happened exactly, and I I made a lot of mistakes, but 
there were sometimes some some just dice rolls that just was like, what the fuck is this? Bullshit rolls that were just like, oh my god, like this, this should just never have happened. Um, again, my <laughs> my prince with the the spear guy, uh, Cranberry Tower guy, he charged out of his unit into a unit of knights, killed the wizard in the challenge, and then ran away, <laughs> failing a leadership nine test, which basically lost basically lost me the game. Oh, so so what like what was the motivation to not have a BSP? Um, okay, so the original list was like, okay, I want one, I need, I just want one character, because I want to play MSU, so I want as many units as possible, so I'm just going to have one character, so yeah. my one character is going to be a Discipline 10 Prince, with a Cranary Tower, so he's also a Wizard, with a Spear. Yeah. But then, I played against Alex, and realised that there wasn't enough magic, so I added a Pyromancy Adept, and then, that was my 4,500 point list, and then, in Sweden, it was... Um, 5,000 points. So I just added a griffin because I haven't tried it yet. And then I realised after that I could have just given the griffin the BSB. Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and regretted it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. So I lost that game 19-1 but it was quite hard fought until the end. It was really tight the whole yeah. game. He was a really good player and I made way too many mistakes in the movement phase. And then the the last game I was playing against uh, like a gunline dwarfs with a lot of um, helicopters and stuff. And sounds rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had two stone throwers and a cannon, so the stone throwers are just like mince meeting my infantry. And basically, what happened is I just put I deployed all my units on one flank because I had an impassable in the middle, and my griffin behind the impassable. And I just pushed all my units on one flank against his army just to see if he could deal with it and basically shot me off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> but what happened <laughs> but what happened was I I killed his cannon so that my griffin could have freedom of movement on the board. So I pushed at his at one side, he managed to again panic my general off the table in turn two. <laughs> <laughs> But he didn't flee off the table, he fled like behind the impassable terrain in the middle. So he was just, okay, I, was, I accepted that he's just going to be there for the rest of the game. And then his miners came on and shot the swordmasters. And then, so it was just basically the miners against the general. And then the mission was breakthrough. So if I killed the miners, he wouldn't have any scoring units in my backline because he was just a gun line. So basically what I did is the general killed the miners, eventually. But he, he was down at one wound a few times. Obviously, he heals himself. But it was very, very close. And um, and then my griffin... So my griffin just this dude with a spear soloing himself. Yeah, exactly. And then my griffin and Rymanites on the, on the other side uh, basically just pushed his whole back line off. And, <laughs> and, and I somehow, despite getting shot off, like his shooting dice were fucking ridiculous. He was just hitting me first time on the stone throwers. Like... I'd say he had he shot my units maybe five turns, and I think out of all, all like five turns, that's ten shots. I think he missed once. It was just like fucking ridiculous, and he was just rolling like everything, like everything was dying. We were kind of like joking about it in the game because it was so ridiculous. But then again, like we when we counted up at the end, it's like oh, actually I won fourteen six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's 
that's the, I mean, like, this is why I don't like playing uh, with a lot of war machines, right? Is because you do a lot of damage, but they don't really finish stuff off. Like, and they're really, when somebody gets into your backline, they just, like, you give up all the points really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, and there's like, dwarf ones are expensive. Ones, yeah. yeah, but the dwarf ones also, like, they cost so much points, right? So when you start killing them, it really backs up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I felt a bit sorry for him because he was like having so much fun killing all my stuff, and then like in the last turn, it just everything died for him, and <laughs> and I won the scenario. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a really fun tournament. I actually, had a lot more. I enjoyed it a lot more than last year when we were there. Yeah, because this is what I wanted to ask you. Like last year, we, I mean, we hadn't like we didn't have a great experience at that tournament, so that was also why I was confused that like. There was such a presence from Denmark uh, there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Like we last year, as you said, it was it was it was okay, but it it was a bit kind of there's a few dickheads and, and yeah, exactly. Like some people who like bent the rules a little bit. And, yeah, yeah I, I didn't have that experience at all this year. I thought I had five really good games, and I had a lot of fun in all my games. So, what's like an example of like that rule bending? Like actually putting more points on the table than they they should have, or uh, that kind of thing. No, like no, no. no. So, so like, yeah, you can go for it. Yeah. So the ex- a couple of examples from last year was like it, it. Normally, if you if you say, excuse me, if you say this is like a ten inch charge, so that means my infantry move four inches, and then I have to roll a six on dice. So you measure it. You say this is a ten inch charge, and you're like, yeah, I agree. And then you roll the dice, and it's a six. That's a charge. Even if you if so, like if you nudge, nudge the models or something like that, then it's it's still a charge because right. you you measured it. You, agreed. you already measured it. Yeah. yeah, you agreed. Okay, this is this is like a six or a seven or something. You roll the dice. That's what it is. So I was I was playing in my last game. I was playing against this guy, and um, we measured it, and it was like okay, this is this is like a this is whatever, 15 inches, rolled the dice, and I made it. And he's like, wait, uh, or something like that. And, and he's like, yeah, but oh, I, I moved like one guy in already because I had just like five models, not on a movement tray. It was cavalry against something. He's like, yeah, but uh, you need to measure it. Like, which which is which model are you measuring from? And I'm like, well, I'm measure, always measuring from the closest model. He's like, yeah, but where is your unit? And I was like, well, it's it's there. Like, we, met, we agreed that it was 17 inches. Or whatever it was, he's like, yeah, but your mo- your unit is like not angled, like not aligned correctly. And I was like, what, what do you mean not aligned correctly? He's like, well, yeah, they're all like in a different position because they weren't on a movement tray. They're like, yeah, okay, I agree, but we we said it was whatever it was, and I rolled it, and that's 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 yeah. what it is. Yeah, he's like, okay, I I'm just gonna call the judge over. I was like, okay, fine, and the judge came over. He's like, he explained it to him, and the judge was like, yeah, I, I mean. Technically, the unit isn't on a movement tray, and it should be. And I was like, "Well, we agreed on the distance, and he and I rolled it, and he's like, yeah, but it's not on a movement tray, so it's not clear where the unit is.'" And I was like, "Okay, fine." So then the judge was like, "So it's not a charge. So it's not. Didn't you didn't complete the charge?" Okay. So this guy was a bit of a dick. Like, so he waited until you completed the charge. Yeah. And then called yeah, so called like, you on not having the tray. Yeah. That's, that is like, I think a good way to summarize it would be that like uh, people who bend the rules they 
like you know they do that kind of stuff when you try to do something they're very anal about measuring and stuff but then for example if one of their units is trying to move out of your line of sight of your units they just move it and say oh yeah i can do this and you're like can you really and then they just move it and uh, but then when you're charging it's super important that you know there, it's a tray and it's exactly this distance and as maybe henry rolls to charge and then he wants to measure again even though you agree before you know stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of ways that you can say, oh, as Casimir said, some people are very relaxed in the way they move units. So it's like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna move it to here, and you're like, well, can you actually move it to there? Like, do you have that much distance to actually get to do this, to do this, to do this? Like, to mm. I'm I'm uh, for the people listening at home, I'm gesticulating with my hands in like a a wheeling <laughs> motion. Yeah, wheeling and rotating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, from. From my perspective, one of the things you've you know that you've uh, you've reinforced when you've been showing me stuff is okay. So when you make that move, you're gonna have to do it in steps, yeah. right? Like so you, you move one inch forward, then you turn two inches, and then you move three inches forward, then you turn the other corner two inches. Yeah, and so that's like that. so you can get through a gap that yeah. otherwise you you're gonna yeah. miss, right? You, and you can't just like go, you can't just measure the unit like ten inches or however far it is, and then just put it there. Like, yeah. you, you you have to kind of. Like at least maneuver, show, maneuver it, yeah, yeah, maneuver it, or show how you get to that position. Yeah, and some some people don't yeah. quite do that. Uh, but this, but this year there was like n- none of that like shenanigans. I had like a lot of really good games, and everyone was like really reasonable and 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 I think it was it worked both ways and it and it was really nice tournament. So should yeah, that's awesome. So all units should be on a tray. Is that sort of a, a, the, a the rule, rule? The rule in general is if if you have units of uh, two or more models, then they need to be on a tray. Okay, like for me, like a unit of five cavalry, you don't need it to be on a tray because for me, a movement tray is to help you moving it, so you don't have to like move one by one. Yeah. But I, I also understand that it is better to have them on a tray, and I now I always play them on a trays yeah. since since then. Since they have them, yeah. but but I I think you just need to be like reasonable about it. Like if you agree, yeah. okay, this is this is fifteen inches, and. Then that's fifteen inches, you know, and you're, and you're always measuring from the closest model. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I I think that in all of this stuff, it's really important that you like either way you do it. Like, if you're really relaxed, it's okay if you're relaxed towards both both people, right? Like the issues arise when somebody is relaxed when they're doing stuff, but when you're doing stuff, then uh, they're not relaxed anymore, and that's when you get uh, problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So communication is key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like just agree, agreeing everything on the table and. Yeah, and stuff like that. Like the in the fourth game, the one where I lost, um, he was that we 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 both like he was an etc level player, and I and I'm also playing etc as well. So we both understood how it worked, and we were like talking it through. We were saying like, it we we only played four turns in the end, but after the end of my turn three, I was like, okay, so we're both playing like an MSU army. We're taking a long time, so we have to we both agree that we play one more turn each, and then that's the end. But he'd already moved some stuff, and when I said it, and he's like, "Okay, well that changes a lot of how I want to move. Do you mind if I move some back?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course you can, because now you know it's like your last turn. So mm-hmm. obviously he wants to change some stuff." Yeah, yeah. So so things like that as well. And there was one moment in the game where he made a charge uh, into something, or he fled from a charge or something like that. And I was like, "Just remember, it's your last turn." And he's like, oh, "Okay, do you mind if I? I forgot. Do you mind if we go back? And I just I'm not going to flee because it's my last turn." I was like, yeah, of course. So we just moved it back. Yeah. But I think in in some tournaments, 
they all say, no, you've, you're too late. You, it's like, because you know how in, in chess, for example, like if, Touch you, move. if you keep yeah. your finger on the piece, yeah. you can still move it back, right? Yeah. Is there... It's sim- similar to that. Similar? Yeah. So like some, just... so some, some sticky guy might like, like if, if the minute you take your finger off that tray, that's the move, right? You have to stand uh, there with not, your finger not on quite. it. Not quite. I mean, you know how I'm always telling you to put the angle, the corners down on the yeah, units? Yeah, yeah. That's also why. Because if you put the corner down, then there's no question like where it was before. Mm. Like if, but if, it, as soon as you move it and leave it somewhere and come back and then you're like, oh, I want to move this unit back. Then you're like, well, you don't know where it was. Yeah. So if you yeah. put the corners down, there's no question. And that's fair. I yeah. mean, I, I, I know that the game, the game is not, is not absolutely precise. And so because of that, you need some markers to, yeah, exactly. to, to kind of keep the guide, right? And I can appreciate that. Yeah. So I think this is actually leading on to what we're going to talk about now. So let's just jump in. Sure, yeah. So Alex, I think um, the first thing that you should talk about is what army you want to play and why you want to play it. Mm. And maybe talk about the, your, the decision that you came to come into this army. Right. Okay, so um, I mean when we, when we kicked off, yeah. we started with a couple of the quick play Yeah, we played the, the quick starter game. Yeah, so the first one I think I, I was playing in... Uh, uh, like a vampire undead yeah. army yeah. of some kind, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, and uh, it's really funny because I'm trying to make sure I don't say something from <laughs> Warhammer, even though like I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I would necessarily know what it's called in Warhammer either. <laughs> but but like, uh, but so yeah, I was playing. I I tried that out and I thought, oh, it's kind of cool. But um, I thought it was like, and it was you know still with the quick place so there was yeah. reduced rules so some of the stuff you told me about like the ghouls sounded really neat about their poison attacks yeah. and, and stuff but i also thought it was really really um dependent on that on your general right it's like if something happens to your general your whole army's fucked yeah basically, basically. Yeah. Yeah. so like that sounded a bit scary although my <laughs> although my vampire like really smashed like he, he was doing a great job but um but i thought that's that's kind of a little too glass for me and then, I think after that we tried the warriors uh, of the Dark Gods army in the um, quick play as well. Yeah, and you smashed me. And I, yeah, and I <laughs> really badly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, I think actually I won both quick play games. Yeah, you did. Uh, which was which really boosted my ego a lot. I was like, <laughs> oh, I like this game. This is, <laughs> this is a fun game. And <laughs> and then uh, and so I was like, okay, let's. And then you were like, all right, let's uh, maybe like. You know, because we tried the quick play and it was like, let's just try something a little bit more complex with like all the yeah. extra stuff so, in it. So we basically, we, we played a couple of quick starter games and then, then we was like, I was like, okay, well now we're let, let's just have some fun and roll some dice. So I just put all the Warriors models I had on the table and then put about an equal amount of silver nails. We didn't count points or anything. We just put everything on the table and played. Yeah. And it was super fun. <laughs> um, oh, nice. You know, I like... I loved it, but also there was all of this like kind of frustration because I'm seeing some of these like massive, uh, you know, monster units on the table for the first time, and I'm like, that guy looks cool. Oh, that that one looks cool too. And then like for example, I had I had that giant, yeah. and like you killed it in the first round, yeah. Like before I could do anything with it, so I was like, look at how cool this guy is. Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking smash you! And then you're telling me the rules about it. I'm like, this is gonna be sick. And then you're like, oh. he's like, every time I take a wound, I get an extra attack. It's like, yeah, it's like I've taken five wounds, I've got loads of attacks. It's like, yeah, but now it's dead. Yeah, like, 
<laughs> this is less fun. So then I then I put the giant, you know, to the side of the of the map and was just looking over at it, you know, sadly for the rest of the game. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, like you know, other other units are getting smashed. But uh, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was neat. Um, and then I guess you know from that I just sort of felt comfortable with the warriors and looking at all of the different uh army types i felt like it was tough to pick something without playing it yeah. if you know what i mean because there's so much there's so much diversity even inside an army like yeah. the like the list that we're going to play today is very different than the ones that i've been drafting yeah before and and i really like that about you know that you can build an army um and then you can also experiment with it a whole bunch but then I was like, oh my god, like, okay, so then there's, like, the beast herds, and there's, like, well, you're already playing a lot of elves, so I, yeah. I think what we talked about is because I'm, you know, uh, because I'm probably going to play with you the most, it wouldn't be that fun to just be, like, elves versus elves, so I kind of, I kind of was like, maybe, maybe, maybe next army I'll get something like that, yeah. but right now, I don't really need it, and if I'm going to come play over here anyway, I can probably just use your pieces. Yeah, sure. Right, so, uh, I would rather get something that, you know, that neither of us have. Uh, if I'm going to do something else and, um, and yeah, so I just kind of got comfortable with them and, and I really like, uh, I really like the, you know, like all the armor and, and stuff, <laughs> you know, I think it, lots of armor saves. I think it's, I think it's nice. Yeah. Having like a lot of armor saves and, um, and you know, I want, I definitely at some point want to try those spiked shields out because mm. I think that sounds, that yeah, seems really good. neat. Uh, especially because I take a lot of punishment from you. So <laughs> uh, it'd be nice to like, to like be a little bit pokey back, you know, when you're attacking, you're like, ah, I still got a guy. Hey, what do you think of that? You know, um, so something that I found quite interesting when you were, when you were writing lists and when you were playing the game is, I mean, obviously I'm playing elves a lot and, and something that you realize really early is that agility is really important. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think I think you also come from like a I'd say gamer background. Yeah. So you have a basic understanding of like the way that the way that like a turn based game works. So you yeah. Have, you have quite a, a good understanding of that already without playing much. Mm-hmm. But then you you realize how okay agility is really important because if you strike first, then less of your guys die, basically. Yeah. Or at least you have the opportunity to wear down the other unit before they have a chance to attack you. Yeah. So yeah, I think I brought this up. Uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago with you yeah. because I was getting really frustrated that your agility was so high on the elves and so on my turn so I'm used to turn-based strategy or strategy or tactical games where on my turn I move and I attack yeah and on your turn you move and you attack but in this game you know on my turn I move and then the the unit with the most agility attacks first yeah or the characters at least even yeah. inside the units attack first and so it was wildly frustrating for me because I was like at last, it's my turn, you know, and we're engaged <laughs> with each other, and that just means you get to stab me again, right? Like, I was like, oh, man, and then I see another four guys fall off the back of the unit, and I'm like, well, it's my turn, you know? <laughs> so uh, I really, really wanted to, um, you know, figure out something inside of the Chaos Makeup that could that could do that, and I think we, we yeah. found some... So we, we basically did, I was like, okay, Alex was like, I want an army that strikes first, <laughs> So at least like, sometimes, oh, yeah. at least sometimes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, you want chariots and you want wrath and you want barbarians with spears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what you. Yeah, I, think, I think I think this is 
also, I mean, this loyalty is probably based on the fact that you played just Henry a lot because he, I mean, that's the track where you place elves with almost anything. Yeah, but especially I mean, if most you, elves. If you play against Henry's uh, vampire camps or something, then it's the, you know, it's a completely different uh, experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I understand, but I think, like, one of the advantages for me of learning to play against a high agility army is that, like, that's something you're going to have to deal with, you know, playing different people and yeah. whatnot. And if you're not, and so, like, if we were playing, like, I got to play um, that friend of yours, Yeba's uh, Beast Herds. Uh, yeah, Suna. Oh, Suna. Yeah. I uh, got to play against his Beast Herds, and that was, a, obviously, a very different experience. Um, having basically played against elves the whole time, yeah, and uh, and I was like, oh, okay, like this is a bit more of a comparable, comparable army. Um, at least it felt more balanced in that sense. Yeah, because I, I guess beast herds, they they have some stuff that has impact hits, and but otherwise it's pretty, everything is pretty much about the same speed as what you have. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a bit like it's a bit more balanced in terms of who strikes first. Yeah, and and I had the wrath going by that time, so I was actually getting first strike. Yeah, on some of my units, <laughs> agility seven on some units. Yeah, yeah. even like even if you don't charge, so it was getting pretty nice uh, and feeling a lot better in that in that regard. I just was rolling really badly, which is <laughs> um, I think is like my the ultimate bane of my life uh, with this game is that you, you've yeah. said you said on multiple out, like outings when we played that like you're rolling really bad. And, yeah, so, yeah. It's like, like don't don't get don't get demoralized here. Like you should have killed my unit, but you just roll like shit. It's like I I can't. I really look forward to the day where I roll uh, mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just middle of the road rolling would I be think, great. I think I need to uh, change up my dice because at this tournament last weekend they were like really really bad as well. Yeah. Or you need to just get uh like a you need to hire like a roller like Jeff or, yeah <laughs> to come and just roll on your behalf. Yeah. So Casimir, we had uh, another friend of ours around when Alex played it here yeah. last and he was rolling the dice for Alex because Alex, Alex just couldn't roll so he's getting we're getting him to roll the dice and every time he rolled it was just working aces like <laughs> oh my god he was rolling sixes I mean, I mean it's, it's just time. interesting how, how this stuff like you know how some people are just lucky yeah, like, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. the same way like this is what it's like for me I, I like I'm I mean sometimes I roll bad but I almost every single game I have like huge chunks of time where everything everything I'm doing is just working like it's very seldom do I actually just consistently roll bad yeah but I, I, th I think it's actually really important as well like how it kind of comes and goes because you, you can you can make you can it, it can swing a game in some cases so taking that charge might be a bad decision but if you make if you get it it can swing a game mm -hmm. yeah so um, Alex, yeah. in general, how easy would you say it is to pick up and play the Ninth Age? I think uh, I think if you didn't have someone teaching you, it might be more difficult than it would be just to start. Absolutely. So, um, so that I have I have a huge advantage learning right now because because you have such a deep knowledge of the rules and because the armies that the army that I'm playing with is an army you know well, right? So well, yeah, warriors uh, a bit sketchy on but yeah. yeah but i i mean it's you seem to i know be, i know the stats and stuff you generally know yeah. this that's what i mean at least right so as far as when we're rolling and doing that kind of stuff like you know i'm looking stuff up but you already know so if i do if i'm wrong then you're like no actually it's, yeah it's not quite right because uh, there's one thing is like i i can just tell you okay you hit on three plus but you don't know why yeah so i'm trying to make you look it up and work it out yeah and i like that um 
you know, I think that it would be way more challenging. Okay, so me playing with another person who also didn't know how to play, yeah. this this would be like we'd be we'd be we'd spend nine ten hours trying to get through a game. Yeah, I think, I think so as well. I think quite easily, um, and we'd probably mess up the rules constantly without even knowing. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I'd still have a lot of fun doing it. It's just you know when you're playing with with somebody who knows what they're doing. It allows for the game to flow a little bit more, and you see a lot more happening. Like the you know the way that the the field changes, and you know the experience becomes I think a lot more pleasant in that way. But um, having said that, like the quick start rules were actually really easy to get into, you know. And I think that that whoever um, you know came up with that quick start setup was great. Was very clever about how they did it because not only did they basically say okay like use these units or whatever, right? They also said, here are the, the simplified rules. Yeah. So you're not like looking stuff up constantly because that's another thing, right? Is that I'm also like, I'm experimenting with um, the units that I'm, that I'm, that I'm using. I'm, I'm experimenting with what kind of, uh, you know, extra add-ons and stuff I'm, I'm spending my points on with characters, with yeah. spells, with all that stuff. And I'm, because I'm like, oh, maybe this game I'll try these. Yeah. And then I have no idea anything about them, but that's the reason I want to try it, right? Just, uh, Kasimir, I'll give you an uh, example here. Um, Alex sent me his list for today. He's like, oh, what do you think of this? And I was like, okay, I think you need to look at your character setup again. He had a, a chosen lord with a great weapon with titanic might. I mean, it sounded really good. I was like, more strength, more good. All the strength. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> strength, 10. <laughs> Hit on twos? Is that, <laughs> you know, is that good? Um, and he also had no protection. Just like, yeah. just play armor and shield. <laughs> yeah, you know. Nice. And it also had a potion of strength. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for stomping. It sounds like, it'd be really fun. So just, 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 to like, just as like a general thing, if you, if you drink your potion of strength, you're only allowed one attack. And you already have strength ten anyway. Yeah. So you what you what you would do is you'd go from five attack strength ten to one attack strength ten. Yeah. And the only benefit of that would but, be that uh, you get D three wounds. I on mean, the, you say it's multiple ones though. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of I I didn't realize that um, I would have it was an either or. Yeah. Right. I thought it was like I'm gonna do my attacks and then I'm gonna drink this potion and do a stomp. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the giant gets to attack and do a stomp. Yeah, exactly. Against infantry, yeah. Against infantry, yeah. yeah. So I thought so I kind of I kind of thought it was the same, right? Like I would do my stuff and then yeah. I would also stomp with that. But, but I think what we're trying to say is like things like this are not that intuitive unless you know the rules. So yeah. actually building building like an actual list is probably quite difficult for someone who who's new and hasn't done this big before. time. I totally agree. Uh I mean I I I think it's it's a lot of fun for me to go and and there's I really like that um you know there's the like these different tools online for doing it as well because you know as a kid like I remember I bought a Warhammer 40k book yeah right because I liked painting the models I think I thought the painting was was really fun that was generally my hobby was was the painting part and assembly and painting of models but uh, I thought oh there's a game that goes with this maybe I could get into that but you know I loved reading all of the all of the stuff but actually deciphering it was just a totally different yeah actually like working out okay this is points and and upgrades but, and but also just what it like i can i can spend points right like yeah. i can see that these things cost a certain amount of points and i have this many points and i can i can do the math you know uh to do, to spend the points but like realizing 
the bigger picture of like of like what that's going to be like on the field or even knowing what some of these details like that potion yeah that they have a special rule that says you can do this or this you know then that makes it not worth it to have right is a is there anything that you've experienced in the ninth age i mean you've played maybe four or five games now yeah is there anything that you've experienced that you think doesn't work or doesn't work very well in the game um that's a good question uh i because you're actually a game designer as well yeah yeah so that's like an interesting perspective as well (laughs) just just as from a game design point of view is there anything that doesn't work in your opinion no you you can say yes i mean (laughs) there's there are things that are i think like um that are they're more about rules than designs or or that that aren't necessarily clear to me right like um like I still haven't I still am kind of not able to see how the elves uh with that with such high agility and such high damage output can also have like all of this mobility and and range because it's like the you know you get the range attacks all come before the melee attacks yeah you know so you get this entire round of like bombarding or hot or like and 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 with especially with the range of their ranged attacks yeah. like it's it seems crazy like i've seen you know some of the other units like the like the beast herds have some short range yeah. uh ranged attacks the barbarians have throwing axes or something like that yeah. or very short range stuff and it's like so i'm looking at something going okay you attack first you have uh you have this extra rank that you can attack with your spears with that gives you even more dice to roll you have um you have high mobility, you have incredibly huge distance and range. Like, where's the downside? You know, like... It's the toughness, right? Yeah. Resilience, no armor, and resilience yeah. three. I mean, but, but I, again, I think it, that's something that a lot of people experience in the beginning, because elves are really, like, uh, like, before you you learn, the like, the tricks of the, of, of the game, elves is, like, an army that's in a way more forgiving to to use because it's so it has all that mobility and all that high damage but it also falls apart like you know when you play face somebody who knows how to find the weaknesses it falls apart really quickly mm. but i think that doesn't really happen as much when you're new in the game yeah yeah, yeah i just kind of i just kind of looked at it going like okay so i my units get knocked off the for knocked off the field first right <laughs> And they're slow because, in you know, story-wise, they've got a lot of armor, and yeah. you know, like this is this is kind of the idea with them. But then the armor doesn't seem to keep them alive, <laughs> you know. And then and then you know they're they're big crazy lunatics, so maybe they should hit harder. But they don't seem to hit harder because I can't kill these elves, which apparently are super squishy, you know. But I can't seem to kill them anyway. Uh, and you know, like the. All that kind of stuff just kind of compounded in my brain going like, what the F is going on here? <laughs> um, you know, and, and you're absolutely right. It's, it's, from, it's from not knowing the game uh, well enough, you know, because I think the hardest thing for me is uh, as I'm getting to know my army, I have, to, I have to know my opponent's army. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it was like, like measuring ranges and distances. Like even if I know all of my ranges and distances uh, perfectly, which I don't, I need to know it's you're better off knowing the other teams like your opponent's ranges and abilities you're better off knowing those than than knowing your own stuff yeah right? in like, some cases yeah. like you was, might as well we, look your shit up on your turn right? there was, you know what I mean? there was one, one point where we were playing and I was like okay Alex these are sword masters whatever you do don't charge 
any of your units, any of these three units into this unit because they're going to get killed. And Alex was like, I don't care, I'm just going to charge anyway. And they, obviously they got killed. Um, but but it's, it's kind of knowing what your opponent's units do mm. and like which units can fight which units. And especially, I think, more more than any other army, when you're playing against elves, you have to know the matchups. You have to know this unit can't fight this unit, but it can fight this unit. But this yeah. unit can fight this unit if it gets the spell off. Or this unit can fight this unit if I get a chariot in as well on the corner or mm. something like that. Yeah. And and that's, I think... Yeah, like, well, like, I just should say, when you play something else uh, that's not else, like you can have a lot more situations where you say, I'm just going to charge these guys in and maybe the matchup is not perfect, but if I'm a little bit lucky with magic or with my dice, I can break through anyway. Or even if my unit dies, I still do a lot of damage. Whereas when you fight against elves, you go in and you can have situations where your entire unit dies before it gets to do anything, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think for a beginner, to play against elves is quite difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. But uh, I think the thing that I, the thing that I like about, um, about getting matched up against you a lot is that, um, you know, we sort of agreed before we ever before we ever started playing. I was like, "Don't take it easy on me because yeah. I won't learn anything." And, <laughs> I'm like, and are you sure? <laughs> and I would rather I would rather learn by failure than, you know, like sort of get a false sense of security in the way that I'm playing. Yeah, and then and then play somebody that's not you, and then just get smashed, <laughs> and then be like, "Ah, oh, I had no idea that that was okay." You know, like at least this way I can walk into any. Uh, battle going I'm probably screwed right like <laughs> you know so I have the right level of confidence to approach my yeah, my play sure. with and and you know the other thing is like um, I realize that the game is a is a deep game you know there's a lot like it was like you know there's a lot of armies and then there's a lot of different ways you can make up each army yeah and the the depth is massive it's 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 a bottomless hole it seems of trying to learn and understand what things are and uh, and I realized that uh, you know I don't have that like I don't have all the time to to become an expert on this stuff in a short period of time, but this is a hobby that I want to take on for a long time. So I'm happy with the idea of learning a little bit as I go yeah. over years and developing a knowledge of it, because it's something that um, I feel like you can do. Uh, yeah, for you know I can do I can do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, so for sure. Something I thought awesome. I thought I thought that you picked up really quickly was the magic phase mechanics mm-hmm. with the veil tokens transferring veil tokens to power dice. Yeah, and then like have, leaving some in the bank. Like I thought that you picked that up really quickly. Like, uh, is there any is there any other bits in the game that you think are really intuitive? Um, I think like it's if you've ever like been a kid and like played with your with your miniatures or your figures or Lego your, your or toys whatever, or anything, yeah. right? You, you get an, you have an idea of, have you ever, ever set up a battlefield or whatever? You have an idea of like, you know, distances and things like that. And I think that, um, like the, like the measuring and, uh, and, and the understanding of like, uh, charging and, and rolling, like that all makes like quite clear sense with very little, with very little work. Mm. Right. So getting to know, like how the units move around the field and, 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 you know, a little bit of the sort of order of operations of how you should do stuff is really quick to pick up. I think that the, the, uh, the, the background stats 
are a much bigger challenge, especially because um, there's a lot of looking stuff up, and there's all these modifiers that right. So it's, yeah. so it's like just because my um, you know just because I'm running barbarians with spears and shields doesn't mean that I necessarily know the stats until I go and I check like yeah. What what does a spear do? Okay, a spear gives you plus two agility if someone's charging you. Mm-hmm. Also gives you bonus AP as well. So there's a lot of small things to think about keep remembering right yeah. and that's why like i think uh if i was playing another person who was new to it like we would just we all a lot of that stuff would either we'd either um acknowledge it but sort of acknowledge it in the wrong yeah points or not remember it at all yeah right and then so then we would have spent points on stuff that we weren't taking advantage of or yeah. <laughs> doing the wrong thing with and uh, and and so that's i think a really big challenge in the game for sure. Yeah. Casimir, do, do you have any experience of teaching someone how to play Ninth Age? I've only ever uh, had experience with teaching people who have had uh, experiences in war games before. I mean, I, I remember teaching people, like when I was much younger, teaching them to play Warhammer. And like a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, that I remember being similar. Like there's, especially the stats, it just goes so much quicker when you, when somebody has played like a tabletop war game before, because almost all of them have the same type of mechanic, like only really Age of Sigmar is like one of the few games that's moved away from having like a fixed profile for units and just having things that you, you have to roll. Yeah. Uh, so so it's interesting, but like I, one thing I was thinking about at the beginning of this topic was that the point where you said that you put the giant on the table and you thought it looked awesome. Yeah. I remember this so much from trying to teach people to play when I was a kid that you know, you would give them a toy and say like, oh, this guy is really cool. But then obviously when you play, you need to kill the thing that's really cool fast because otherwise you lose. <laughs> so like so many people put the you know, tank on in the future game and then it just gets blasted off straight away. And you're like, oh, sad. Yeah. I have no idea how to avoid situations like that. Well, like, so so for me with the giant, so this was sort of my, what happened. There's been sort of like a, a journey with me in yeah. giants. <laughs> slowly getting better and better <laughs> so you so you smack that giant off the table the first time we we did it and then the next time we played i made a list where i put two giants on the table <laughs> and then in the in the first round henry like just chewed up one giant so he had like two hp left and then basically he had to go hide behind a rock for the rest of the yeah, i was like okay it's like look you can you can push it forward at me and i'm just gonna kill it or you can go and stand behind the rock and save the points. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I'm gonna go hang out behind the rock, <laughs> you know. But like, I had a second giant that he hadn't spent all of his ranged units targeting that it got to run up and actually smash a little bit that fight, uh, which was really fun for me. And I was like, that's great, you know. In in, in sort of the post mortem, I was like, I'm really glad I actually got to roll some dice for the giant this time. Uh, sad <laughs> yeah. the other one hid behind a rock the whole time, but you know, I feel like progress. And then you told me about this tribal spear. Yeah, you can put the giant in the unit of barbarians, as long as you put this tribal spear yeah, uh, item on him. And uh, and so then, the next time we played, we tried that, uh, and I loved it, uh, especially because the barbarians are basically just a wall of hit points for, <laughs> yeah. for my giant, right? And they, and they're spiky, you know. They've got some shields and they've got some spears, and so like stuff, you know, when people when units charge into them, they they poke. Uh, and so it's not just I'm not just rolling for the giant now. I'm also rolling for the barbarians. I give them a champion. I, you know what I mean. I give them a bunch of stuff, and you know suddenly there's this like wicked functionality. And the barbarian er, and the giant was functional for the whole battle. 
Yeah. Um, which was awesome. And then And now you've got now you've got you sent me a list with two of them. Yeah. Now I'm <laughs> now I'm now I'm gonna wanna try a list where I've got two tribal war spear giants in two barbarian units. Uh, so that I can basically <laughs> move them like that. And I want to just see what happens, right? Like, I want to see sort of what you do to deal with that and yeah. um, whether or not it's worth having the, you know, the points spent on a second giant yeah. and a second group of barbarians. But I guess I just kind of feel like the barbarians have got to be there for a reason, you know, in in the in the warrior's list uh, of choices. Yeah. And they can't just be... Because you know they can't just be cannon fodder, right? Like it can't it's, it can't just be that. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, trying to figure out what to do with them, I think is a really good is a really good thing to to mess around with. So, Casma, you've also just started playing warriors. Well, not just started, but yeah. you you're relatively new to warriors. Do yeah. you, Do you have any um, any maybe tips or tricks to Alex to help him on his way of list building? So. I think that you're you're definitely on the right track when it comes to the barbarians. Like a, a, something I would suggest uh, if you want to have more of a like a brick type of regiment is that you can put a like right now you're running them with spears and in that case uh, usually the giant is really good. Uh, you can spice that up a little bit by adding these uh, like barbarian characters with spears because yeah, they're actually really time. cheap and uh, when you give them a spear they still you know do quite quite a lot of damage based on how little points you invest into them and you can make these these units that are actually are really fighting yeah uh, but the other thing you could do also is that uh, like once a unit has hammer and shield you know the parry rule means that it's harder to hit them so uh, a unit of barbarians with hammer and shield uh, can get like quite a lot of bodies for not that, that, that many points and then you can uh, put uh war shrine no, no, is it war shrine now uh battle shrine drink. oh no Battleshrine, damn it. Anyway, you can put a Battleshrine in the unit of Barbarians, and then there's this item you can give to a character, which essentially gives the character parry, even when he's on a Battleshrine. So then suddenly you can have this like brick type of unit with a Sorcerer on a Battleshrine that can just go into stuff, and it's really difficult to kill, and at the same time you get a lot of magic out of it. So that's that, that would be like another way to use the Barbarians. Okay. So yeah, stack. So with so the Battleshrine, stack like, the Wizard on yeah. the... Okay. You can also... Yeah, because then, you know, the Battle Shrine is, like, quite big. So then the, the unit is... Say you already have, like, 30 Barbarians or something. Then the Battle Shrine takes up the space of... What is it? 10, I think? Uh, and uh, then suddenly that's like having a unit of 40 Barbarians. So it becomes really deep, and it can break units' uh, steadfast and stuff. Okay. Yeah. But you can't have both a, a, a War Shrine and a Giant. Oh, sad. No, exactly. So this, is the, the this is the issue. But, yeah. but, so that's why it's, like, two different things you can do with it. Yeah, but I mean, if I I could also have you know a unit for the battle train, a unit for the giant. Yeah, yeah. Basically, one, one just have like a, bar, like a barbarian horde. The I'd say the net list at the moment is a, a block of warriors with a battle train. Mm. That's like really common in the net list at the moment. Oh, so that at least battle train can go into pretty much any of the foot, yeah any infantry unit yeah. foot units. Okay. Um, okay, so I think I think we've had like a pretty good overview of like a learning experience of how to play. Yeah. But what about the models themselves? I think what I've been trying to teach you a little bit is that you don't have to buy Games Workshop models, and there's yeah. a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> yeah, like what, yeah. What was what was your like? I think I think this is this has been about a two or three month journey for you so far. Yeah. Yes, like yeah. how how have you kind of 
what, what's, what's your opinions on the market of the miniatures and, and what models are out there and stuff like that? So, like, I totally agree that the Games Workshop models, when put up to them, put, like, side by side against the, like, the different um, companies that are out there now, don't, they're, they're not as cool, right? Uh, in, in my, I mean, some of them are, but I, I actually, for me, the stuff that I've been looking at online, like, I've just fallen in love with a bunch of models, right? But they're all very individual and therefore quite expensive. Mm. And so for me, um, especially starting out, you know, the thing I want the most is to get my army up and running. And, you know, it's like I want to, I need to, I need to get paints. I need to get, uh, you know, modeling equipment. I need to get the models. I need to get uh, bases. bases. I need to get yeah. painting. You know, I, got, I have like all of this uh, financial and... Uh, you know, uh, and time investment that I need to put into it. And so uh, to me, like the path to the path of least resistance, especially, you know, because um, I'm kind of doing stuff on a budget right now, uh, is to try to figure out sort of the cheapest way to get on the table. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like for the most part, the Games Workshop models uh, do that for me because they have a certain level of quality that um, I don't want to dip under because I know that there are acceptable quality acceptable price yeah and they're available yeah because there are cheaper models but I don't really like the way they look yeah right and it's like oh do I want to do I want to end up with like 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 80 models of that I don't like just so I can get on the table yeah I think I can pay a little bit more so that I'll be happy to keep those you know sort of forever but you know talking about the barbarians there are these there are these barbarian models, you know, out on the web that I've been looking at that just look gorgeous that I, that I'm just in love with. And they're all, and there's so many like individual looks to them. And I just been thinking about them in terms of like dioramas and unit fillers and that kind of stuff. Mm. And I think it'll be beautiful when I have the time and the money to sort of put into them. But like the, I, but I also don't want to uh, rush through those because especially because of the value of those pieces yeah. you know like if i buy you know six uh of these barbarians and it costs me you know like 60 80 100 euros or something like that for getting the ones that i, that I think are really really fly <laughs> right and then i'm and then i'm also spending the money on um you know like the diorama pieces and all that kind of stuff then i really want to take the time to make those as good as i can make them right yeah. i want to be super proud of them at the end because you know I've spent then I've spent a lot more money and a, a lot more time on them so those are the kind of things where I'm like I can take my time with this right the but I so I just want to get like pieces on the painted pieces on the table and then I can really go into like the craftsmanship you know what I mean yeah. so so I think what you're trying to say is that for for you it's just important to get the model models on the table in the quickest amount of time and at the at a budget price, and so I think you're going to go with mostly Games Workshop models to yeah. start with, mm -hmm. and then later you you can build in the more expensive pieces from the other manufacturers that you like. Yeah, and do it over time, so yeah. it doesn't feel like a like a lump sum purchase, like right, like taking a hit on my budget in one month of just yeah. like getting again getting all the paints, yeah, all, <laughs> getting all the the equipment, getting all the models, 
And then like having, and then also the intimidation factor of having like all of these models on sprues or whatever, and just like looking at them going like, I got to get through 150 <laughs> of these, like I'm fucked, you know, <laughs> like, oh my God. That's the other thing is just sort of trying to, I'm, I'm also trying to like, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to set some uh, short term goals for my painting work where, you know, I want to get like, I'm, I'm trying to group it into groups of 10 and then basically do like these 10 models that go with the same unit yeah. at a time so that I also have the opportunity to learn as I'm going because like having like a full blown assembly, right. Um, might be the most efficient way to get to the end line fastest, but it also the means that motivation. my, my stuff <laughs> yeah. will be looking shitty for longer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. the, like everything will look yeah. at the same level of crappy <laughs> until it all looks good. Yeah. Right. And then like suddenly I'll just be done and everything will look good. And I'll be like, Oh, thank God. But the whole journey there, I will be like, Oh, every time I look <laughs> at these, like this all needs another wash. Or this needs a way more detail or whatever. Right. And, and so this way I thought, um, I also get to improve my painting skills in little jumps, you yeah. know, so I'll do 10. So I'll get a little bit of an assembly line thing going, um, and I'll get used to painting those particular types of models. Uh, so that when I do the next 10, maybe of the same type of unit, it's a bit faster, it's a bit faster, but also maybe I've learned some stuff. And yeah. so those next 10 will even just look a bit better. And so then, you know, I can put those, the second 10 in the front of the row, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then like the next 10 and like these guys will all shift back and then that guy will go in the front row. And then, you know, uh, that way I'll also sort of, uh, see my improvement and get the opportunity to improve because, um, the hobby is so multi-tiered, right? It's not just the game. It's to me, it's also the crafting and, yeah. and painting and, and that's, that's what, that's one of the things that really draws me to it Sure. is because I already... As a kid, I loved the I loved the model painting in the first place, um, and always kind of had had wanted to try the tabletop gaming, but didn't know anybody that did it. And now it's like I know a few people that do it, and so now I just kind of you can do both. I can do both. Yeah. I can get back into the painting because it feels like there's an added purpose to it or an added value to it. Is yeah. that now I now I can paint the stuff and I can use it for something fun. Instead of just putting it on the shelf. So, so yeah, I think Casimir and I, we're, we kind of fall into the category the same as you. Is we, both, we both enjoy the hobby side of it and the gaming side. But Casimir, yeah. is, a, Casimir is a world-renowned slow painter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think, like, listening to you, I just, uh, your plan is, is really smart. Because from my perspective, like, nothing makes me slow down as much as when I think more, when I just buy everything. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this army. I buy all the things, just put them there. And then you start and you really, like, you know, that's the point where you really realize how much time it's actually going to take to, to get through it. Yeah. And then, you know, it just slows down and slows down. And then like a year later, I go, but like, oh shit, I have all this stuff I never did, you know, anything with. But like, it's much easier to get to like actually get it done if you do it in chunks. Yeah. And, and I mean, the other thing is like, you know, I can see... Cause I've been, I've been joining these like, uh, you know, Facebook groups for buying and selling, uh, yeah. models and, uh, and, and that kind of stuff. And so I've, I've, I've ended up ordering some things from some people where, you know, they're, they're, they're a really good price. Uh, but you can really see that they were just overwhelmed, right? Like they, they sent, they went and they yeah. glued, like I bought like 38 warriors, uh, with swords and shields and you know, they all had, um, most of them had a base coat or a primer coat on them. A bunch of them didn't. 
but they were all glued. Yeah. And um, and the thing that's like you know we you know I asked you some advice about this. It was like my my stress about it was that the shields were glued on and the arms are really tight to the body, and I was like. So I don't even think that there's any primer underneath those because I don't think you can really get in there yeah. with a spray can. And when I, when you t- you know, you told me about how to pry the shields off, and I, so I did that, and I was right. There was no nothing under there. Was no, the, there was yeah. no primer paint under there. So if I had actually <laughs> gone in and tried to just paint into the cracks, that stuff would have just come, so, off, come so off. This anyway. is like this is like a really interesting uh, discussion because it's like, do do you need to paint behind the shields? Like I think I think we're the three of us will all be in the same page as like as as like completists. You just want to you want everything to be there. So if if someone picks up your model and like looks down the crack and is like, oh, you didn't paint behind the shield. Like, like you, you want that to be you want that to be there as well. It doesn't have to be a great job back there, right? <laughs> it's just like is the glove is the glove more than just like Games Workshop plastic? Yeah. You know, like yeah, exactly. Even if it's yeah, I mean, like as long as it's at least black, like uh, yeah, like it's not really like if you, as you say, like if you get maybe just undercoats in under there, like it's not noticeable. Uh, the problem is, as you say, when it's gray, because the gray really stands out. Yeah, I think like I'm not I'm not planning on like dry brushing the backside of the shield or anything, yeah. but like getting it like I put the base I I bought a primer that's a metallic primer and you know so a chain mail or yeah. whatever and I so I, I sprayed everything down like that and like I told you my plan is to use some inks to like make the make them colored metal armors and I think it'll work out pretty good um yeah, so what kind of what theme are you going for with the warriors what color scheme and so I wanted to so you know I've got I've got uh some warriors I've got some barbarians I've got some chosen and I kind of want them to all have a different, like, uh, like something that's a little bit different from them, so that more than just the model shape identifies them from a distance on yeah. the field. So you can say, okay, these are these guys are green, so they're the chosen. These guys are purple, so they're the warriors. Something yeah, like exactly, that. exactly. So like, I definitely know that um, I want the warriors to be red. I think that that. There's just something about like, the, <laughs> like when I saw yours and my, all, my warriors is like a red. It's like an old corn army, so yeah, everything yeah. is red and gold. Yeah, yeah, and I like, and I just, I just like that. But I want to go with this like metallic red, you know, um, which I think will be neat. But then I was like, okay, so then if I do those all red, and then I do the chosen, who, you know, from a distance, uh, those Games Workshop models, they basically just have like a twisty horn on the top of them. You know, yeah. is is the most noticeable difference. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so if I do them red too, then I feel like you're not really going to see the difference. The difference. The so maybe I'll make them a little darker or something. I mean, maybe purple or something like yeah. that to make it like, oh, those are the chosen. You know? <laughs> oh, the chosen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you can also do stuff like just painting like uh, gloves or helmets uh, different. Yeah. Uh, like uh, have like a, like a color coding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or good maybe point. you can put them on like more elaborate bases, things like this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have have you actually read into any of the background of the ninth age? Um, no, not really. I read like on in the magazine last month. I think there was like a little story about somebody had done some of the um, had done like a little article on some of the background, and I and I had started reading it. But then I like skipped into some stuff. After <laughs> that, I was like, I was like much more motivated to read. I was like, oh yeah, it's great. The story's cool. And then I want to know how to do this. Okay. <laughs> so you've actually read the Night Scroll? Uh yeah yeah cool yeah I checked it out yeah. Cool. 
I think it's great. I saw I read at least the the last one, the yeah. last publish publication. I didn't uh, end up going through all of them yet, but I figured I've got some time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, but what I was going to ask is is if if the background of the story um, gives you any kind of impetus into what you're going to put on the table. Hmm. I think like one of the things that like definitely that's going to have an effect as I go a little further along. I mean. You know, one of the things that Games Workshop does really, really well is that everything is part of this massive universe and story, yeah. storied universe. So then it gives them the opportunity to obviously sell characters and stuff for more money. But um, but it also gives people this like narrative about their army, yeah. right? And it gives you the opportunity as a player to create a unique narrative about your army that still fits in the world if somebody wants to... Yeah, you know, talk shit about it, right? You're like, no, no, these guys are, you know, they work for so and so's cousin, you know, like, you're like, okay, it's like his, it's like his less less cool, less famous cousin Jim, who like, you know, started his own little unit over here, you know, and uh, I really like that uh, about it, and um, and so yeah, I think that I'm interested. It's just that right now I'm so interested in um, in the rules that that really takes a lot of my attention, right? Like. Like what can these units do? What can what kind of army can I make? Yeah, those are those are so much at the forefront of my mind right now, that like why they're here is 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 really secondary, and I would say it'd be the same with um, with the you know, like the Games Workshop games as yeah. well. I I although I think that the lore is cool, and any time somebody sort of starts telling talk telling me about, uh, you know, Warhammer or Warhammer Forty K yeah. lore, I'm like, really? That sounds amazing. Like. <laughs> That's a really cool story. So uh, I think what you should do if you have some spare time this week is is go to Amazon podcast. Okay. And and search for Casimir and I's review of the background of the Warriors. Okay. We did. We got very very drunk, and did like a three yeah. three or four hours discussion on the on the on the book when it came out. Kind of like drunk history, or <laughs> I don't know. You probably know like what drunk history is, Casimir. Sorry, sorry what? What do you, do you know? Do you know what drunk history is? Oh yeah, 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 I've seen it. Yeah, I, 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 Alex said uh, it would. Would our review be something like drunk history? Oh, I. Well, yeah, in a, in a way, I feel like uh, we uh, we are like know a little bit more of what we're talking about than they usually do. But, <laughs> but like at the end, definitely, where we like, I, I still remember trying to like formulate words and just like slurring everything excellent i think that's the key is like getting getting progressively drunker or getting as drunk as possible before starting and that is yeah. part of what's going to make it super funny i think i think if, if you're on the show again usually we do it on like a friday or a saturday mm. and it's usually like before we go out <laughs> so yeah. so if you're on again we'll have some beers and get Prime. get slurry prime it yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you should Good. definitely go and check out the that podcast. Yeah, well, that's important. Sure. Um, so I think I think now we'll just uh, we'll take it. We'll go into the Battle of Copenhagen and go through a little bit of the list and talk about the, the tournament next weekend. So, Casmi, um, yeah. you you've actually been through some of the lists you said. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I had a, like a, a scan through uh, through the documents. Cool. So we should and say uh, we should say first that it's yeah. seven thousand five hundred points, which is like. A lot bigger than what we're normally playing with, so I think it's yeah, really it's like interesting. They have an army again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's really interesting, like how much you can fit in and 
and what combinations become available at this points level and and I'm sure there's some like really abusive lists out there I haven't really haven't really been through myself but uh maybe you could just uh go through a couple of lists that you think are really interesting yeah so I, I think the thing the, the issue you run into when you would look at the lists uh, for this uh, this tournament is that like a lot of people like I think a lot of the uh, filth is going to come in terms of these like uh, combinations of character setups and I like it's difficult to evaluate them when you don't know all the items from uh, different books but uh, but I've, I've still found like some of the uh, the lists that like beyond that I think look uh, really interesting so so I think there's like two major themes that people have uh, tried to do and one is the the list that kind of has all of it you know like it's balanced it has shooting magic combat and I, I get the feeling that that's probably the type of list that will uh, that will win and then the other one is the really unbalanced list where you just like went for one thing and went really hard yeah like my list uh, so <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I, I think uh, I think some armies can do the balance list a lot better than the, than others. But I think the first list that you will enjoy is uh, I don't know if you have the document. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, so if you like, kind of in the beginning, there's a guy called Nilgren uh, who uh, plays Hyvern Elves. Do you know which team? And which I team think is? I like this. Uh, he's on the team uh, uh, Bolo Young. Yeah. And he has, he has, in total in this list, he has one dragon and seven griffins. Seven griffins? Yeah, seven griffins. <laughs> so it's like, a, it's like a dude on a dragon with, uh, I mean, not much really, like a obsidian rock and, and a lance. And then there's, you know, like a, like a, a prince and a dragon or a prince and a griffin with some stuff. And uh, then the mage and a griffin. And then there's just five guys on griffins with lances <laughs> and nothing else. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and then to this, he just, like, he has three units of Rhymonite still and, like, a, a bus of Lancers and stuff. So it's going to be really fast. But I think, like, the reason why this list is probably going to be, like, it, it could, I don't, I don't think it's going to win, really, but it, I think it's going to be difficult to deal with. It's just the fact that there's so many flying units that, you know, you might, you will have brought something to stop flying units, but you won't be able to stop all of them. <laughs> it's like, I, I have, I have two cannons. Well, that that means you can shoot two shots per turn. <laughs> I've got eight griffins. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so I think that one was uh, was really interesting, and I think that's like uh, something you can do really in the uh, hybrid output because there's no there's no cap on, on griffins really. No. And if you get that uh, queen's cavalier thing, then you really increase the monster allowance as well. Yeah, and he has that on the dragon. Yes, uh, let's see. Then uh, something else that stood out to me was uh, some of the Asarian ancient lists. Uh, like the, the next in the Fools, uh, Peter Thompson, he, uh, he has like a Asarian ancient list that seems to really have uh, everything in it, where he has, you know, there's another one which is really similar to this as well, where you have cowboys, you have four monsters, you have like three of the Taurosaurs and the Stegosaur. And then you have the cowboys and the blocks of saurians, but then you also have like four units of flying uh, ships as well yeah. as a couple of flying skinks. Yeah, so I'll just go through the list real quick. So it's got a quattul, a warlord on a raptor, a warlord on foot, a skink captain on a pterodon, a skink captain on a pterodon, a skink captain on a pterodon, two blocks, some shooting, 
Four four units of flyers, so two Ramphodons and two Pterodons. Some more shooting, three three Taurosaurs and a Stegosaur. Ugh. Yeah, and I, feel, I think this is like the, the a sorry nation list like this because it has it has all the tools, but then you all, at the same time you overwhelm somebody by the fact that he's gonna put what is it uh, seven flying units on the table. Yeah. And you're definitely like your back back uh, ranks uh, or like uh, backfield is definitely gonna crumble to this kind of list. Yeah, I I, I, I think. I'm not sure my list is going to do so well against something like this. <laughs> no, I think this is really going to be a big issue for for me as well. Uh, let's see. And uh, there's, uh, I mean, there's a few. There's like quite a lot of lists which just have has a lot of stuff in it, and I think a lot of people are making the mistake that they're just overloading in characters. Yeah, I and agree. So their army is just like not that big. Yeah. But uh, let's see, uh, trolls. Uh, in the let's see which team is on uh, has a vampire counts list which seems uh, quite good he's on the team uh, Tfedel yeah I found so it so he has like a he has a, a like a bus list of the Baronites so he had, lo- had lots of characters on uh, horses but uh, then he still has uh, two units of 40 goals and mm. lots of chaff as well as 10 ghasts and two altars and three banshees so he has like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's like three bounces, three units of uh, bat swarms, uh, cadaver wagger, a unit of wraiths, but then he has like three big, like quite good blocks, uh, as well as a cow bus. Yeah, it's like, yeah, three three blocks, a bus, and lots of chaff. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think he's really gonna, you know, like, like that cow bus is just gonna be able to break through most things while he still has this massive army around it so you can't really isolate it as you would have uh, if it was a 4,500 list yeah yeah I agree I think it's can can you can you kill 13 baronites in one turn is the question right <laughs> yeah exactly like like some, maybe somebody has like another death star that they can do that with but he has enough chat where I think he will win the chat yeah so is, is there any other list that really stand out to you uh Let's see. I had well, I had a few. Uh, I think uh, to take like there was not. I think a lot of the hybrid outlets seem pretty good. But uh, let's go to uh, to uh, there's a KOE list that has like lots of questing stuff. Mikkel Agar. Uh, he's Mikkel on Agar, the, anyway. uh, the top team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two, two of us, I think he I'm, has like a meta list. I'm in he that has union. Two big like buses of questing knights, and then he has lots of characters with the questing wall. Uh, okay. As well as like two pink dukes. Yeah, I see. So, so I think he's really just. Oh, gonna this be able this, to, like, this list is horrid. This is horrid list. Yeah, it's so good. It's like all the characters. You got one damsel on a unicorn, uh, two dukes on Pegasus, two dukes on horse, a BSB. So, basically, five fighting characters, and then yeah. one, two, three, four, five. Five blocks of knights, and then uh, wait, two. Is it five? Yeah. Yeah, it's five. Five big blocks of knights, two units of pegasuses, a green knight as well, and some shooting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be like that's gonna be so rough, and the fact that like most of us, like I think every unit is gonna have, you know, something where it will just auto delete monsters and stuff like this. Like the questing knight uh, units would just go through. Anything that causes fear, right? Yeah. So I think that's a, that that might be something really like up 
to win the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, those two big blocks of questing knights, that could be nasty, right? Yeah. I also really like it. Like, I think uh, to make, like, balance list, I think Dreadnoughts are really good. Like, Andes, as well as uh, uh, Rasmus Mobux, uh, and, like, Dreadnought lists are, like, quite good because they manage to, you know, like, you can get really everything in, where if you look at Andy's lists, he has uh, he has a dragon, he has a BSB on an altar, he still has an assassin as well as some more magic, and to add that to, he has two big blocks of spears, a, a big unit of blades of mount for the altar, I presume, uh, like three chariots, unit of knights, some chaff, three reapers, and two hydras. Yeah, it's, it's just like, when you look at it, I think, I think I don't know how rose tinted my 4500 point goggles are but like i look at it and i'm just kind of obviously i i'm looking at it from a point of 4500 points which is standard and i'm just seeing all this stuff i'm like how do i kill all this stuff yeah exactly like how do i kill two hydras if i also have to kill like 60 legionaries But you've also got the yeah, points, I, it's right? It's going to be really yeah. interesting to see how this uh, plays out. So do you, do you want to maybe uh, just go so, through your our list and then we'll uh, we'll just call it there? Just a quick question. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Because the my... the like tournament, um, you I think you were telling me in tournaments generally you have a certain amount of time yeah. to play a, a match. Is that extended because of the point the points volume? I think I think the rounds are the same same as normal actually. So it's like three hours or something. Three and a half, yeah. In Denmark, it's three and a half standard. In in everywhere else, it's three hours. Do you think that people will get through six rounds? No. no. <laughs> so it'll mostly get decided uh, by. I think it would be four but, or five turns. Yeah. Yeah, but then uh, this this actually has the rounds extended to four hours. So. Oh, okay. My, yeah, my mistake. So four hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I I think it's gonna be a lot of games that don't finish, but uh, but I do think it's still like finishable. To be honest. Yeah. It just depends. Like, if you have, like, if you have to, for example, if you engage really early and you have to roll lots of dice the whole game, then those games are probably not going to finish. But if you have that kind of moment where everything just falls apart, those games will probably uh, finish on time. Yeah, I mean, from from the experience playing this level twice now, I think you can easily get a game in, in four hours. But as you say, the it, the game can it, the game can just get away from you really quickly and everything can die as as fast as it can in a 4,500 point game. Yeah. So, yeah okay, so uh, uh, I can start from my list, yes. I guess. So I, uh, I kind of uh, went for like a relatively balanced list but like quite a lot of monsters because that's the uh, stuff I had. Yeah. So I have, I have two Wizard Masters, one on the Divination and one on Evocation. I bring the, uh, the hourglass on the, the one on evocation. Yeah. Then I have a chariot pharaoh with the godslayer, uh, a casket and an architect. And then there's uh, like some uh, like a bunker, uh, like to, like two units of uh, chaff and core, and then two units of special chaff, like some birds and a scorpion. Yeah. And then there's a, a big unit of uh, chariots, and uh, there's just a big unit of skeletons with help with shield to stand in front of stuff. <laughs> and there's a unit of eight shafties with halberds and a flaming standard, two catapults, one battle sphinx, two colossi, and uh, two dread sphinx. 
Dread Sphinx is an interesting choice, but I guess there's a lot of monsters, so... Yeah, I think for me, for me, like, uh, I do think that Dread Sphinx really uh, works well here, because you only I only have a 12-inch marching bubble, uh, so... Like a, a bounce sphinx is extremely slow outside the bubble, so you if you don't have like an extended bubble somehow, uh, then you really like need to have something which is autonomous. So the dread sphinx really can operate and like make the army be a lot wider than it would otherwise be. Okay, and I guess I guess with so many units, it's better to have a wider range on on the yeah, movement. Yeah, I, I, I think so because you'll you'll find that a lot of undead armies like cluster a lot and. Uh, that might uh, like I've, in this kind of game, I think that's just gonna make get you surrounded. Yeah, I guess I guess like trolls list with the four blocks. I mean, th- there's gonna be a point at which some of his units are outside the bubble. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think for him, he can uh, like he can smash through a little bit like much better than I could because he has this like really powerful Death Star. Yeah. But I don't think in in the UD, I, I don't think really you can build that kind of Death Star. In the same way. No. I'm just like I'm just looking yeah. through your list as well. Um, the two catapults is quite a good choice because there's going to be a lot of big units. Yeah, and I, I also feel like on this like on this points level, like having two catapults is not like a big uh, points investment, but it really like changes uh, a lot of like situations because you can really deal with big units. Yeah. Do you also get like a big high strength hit as well with the catapults? Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's also nice against the monsters. Yeah, but my experience with that is that like it sounds a lot better on paper than it is. Like every every game I've had when I face like a monster that I I don't know how to deal with, and I go, okay, I'll shoot with a catapult. But then most of the time it it fails to actually kill the monster, and then the, the catapult has done nothing for you. Whereas if you like shoot a unit and you hit the partial, for example. You still like do damage, so the catapult still like earns his keep a little yeah. bit more. So like how I view it, I, I think a better choice with catapults is to choose uh, shoot the target which you know you will do a lot of damage to, so you get a lot of money out of it. Because even if the monster is difficult to deal with, like it totally eliminates something that would be easy to deal with, still makes the game a lot better for you. You know. Yeah. Fair enough. So I'm just gonna go through my list. So the the idea with this list was to be as much of a wanker as I could possibly be and just <laughs> basically put as much shooting as possible on the table. So, um, and because I have a lot of shooting, I just want stuff that I can counter charge if, if anyone gets too close. So I have two really hitty griffins. Um, I have a prince with a spear, which can zone pretty well as well. And it has queen's companion, so it makes the sea guard better at shooting. And then I have uh, another Queen's Companion, just in his pants, which does the same with in the other unit of Seaguard. Also adding three shots as well, each one. And then I have a Pyro Wizard with Asphalt Scholar, so like really high-range Pyromancy sk- stuff, so that's more more pew-pew. And then uh, a BSB with Cranberry Tower, just because it's good and it adds to the magic. It actually helps me fight a little bit in combat. And then the the meat of the list is is obviously the shooting. So I have two units of twenty one Sea Guard, twenty archers, um, and five reavers to to basically put in front of the Sea Guard. And when people charge the reavers, I can flee and then shoot more. And then two units of Rhymonites to zone, two line chariots to zone and and kill monsters, 
an, an eagle just to be annoying and more some queen's guard with spears which the characters can also go in and make them better at shooting and then I have uh, a sky sloop because I only have one sky sloop and I couldn't so I don't I didn't have to build another one and then three three bolt throws as well Yeah, I, I think looking at it, I, I feel like the the only issue I can see is that you might be overrun uh, like quickly because you only have two units of trap. But I have so much counter charge that if someone wants to charge like run at me, then I can charge griffins and chariots and ramonites into them. Is the plan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like it's it's gonna be interesting to see how that uh, plays out. I think against the people who brought like. Uh, uh, you know, who, who brought like Death Stars and stuff like that, I think that will work quite well because they probably won't be able to, you know, like afford taking that kind of damage. Yeah, um, exactly. You, if you come starting with enough Rhymer. Yeah, exactly. I think I think I, I would struggle against stuff like Trolls, who has 80 ghouls <laughs> that I just can't yeah, kill exactly. them fast okay. enough. I, I, although looking through, there's not that many people who brought, like, I think the best lists are the ones that just put like a shit ton of stuff on the table that doesn't really. You know, depend on each other. Like I, I made a like a, a unit list. I think with like just a shit ton of monsters units, like six units or something. They're just like big blocks of fighting stuff. Yeah. Uh, and like nobody, I don't think anybody really has that type of list. Uh, no that, one has the uh, models for it either. Yeah. No, exactly. That's the issue. But somebody apparently has seven eagles or no seven griffin characters. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I think he must have like bought some more griffins for this this tournament. Yeah, or maybe he's bit like borrowed stuff, you know. Or not. Yeah, we're just using eagles. <laughs> yeah, that that's actually an interesting thing to to talk about is the fact that like the painting scoring on this tournament is really based around uh, trying to uh, like benefit people who actually have a seven thousand five hundred points army painted by themselves. But how many? How much do you think we'll see people have just like borrowed half of the stuff they have on the table from other people? I think it would be people will basically be just running their whole collections rather than building a list to for the tournament. I think. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's like looking through the list. That's what it looks like in a lot of cases. But but some lists are quite good. So like I'm I'm looking. I, I have everything almost. So I didn't have to build anything. Only a chariot. Yeah, what, I, I, had to, I had to like, repaint the bases of 10 archers, otherwise I, everything was fine. Um, Alex asks, uh, what, what's the painting scoring for this? Like, like what is it? Uh, so, it's, uh, I think it's uh, 20 points for if the, both people and team have like a complete painted army and uh, all of the like bases and everything match up. So, for example, if you're... Uh, you know, like if you're borrowing a unit from some of your friends, it probably doesn't match in terms of what kind of basis it has, and then you won't get those 20 points. And oh, if you really? have like borrowed stuff, then you get uh, zero points. So 20 points, that's like winning uh, like a game uh, 100%. Like when you crush somebody, that's 20 points. Okay. And if you borrow stuff, you just get zero. And then if you have unpainted models, then you will be able to play, but you won't be able to like place. You don't score anything in the tournament. Ah, okay. So, um, like, can you tell me a little bit more about, like, the bases matching up? Because, so, for example, like, I've ordered some some stuff, right, uh, to build, and then I'm ordering some yeah. bases uh, for them to go on, but also I've gotten, like, 
second hand I've gotten a bunch of warriors that were already on bases and I and I don't know that you know I think these the ones that I bought are the games workshop ones so they have that like slope on them on the edge but yeah, I think, yeah, like that stuff, like the, the slope doesn't matter. It's more about what you put on top of the bases. So, for example, uh, like a unit, like a coherent army would be uh, you want your all your army to be in the desert and all the bases are in the desert. But then, you know, if you have like one unit that has uh, green bases because they're in the forest, yeah. uh, then that wouldn't match. I see. So when I, so that, I mean, this is valuable to me, you know, because I haven't made any of the bases yet. And if this is something that if I eventually get to tournaments and, and there's like a, a potential scoring penalty just because I was like, I think these bases are cool. Like I, or I have an idea to like style this, to style this unit this way and this unit this way because they won't match up. I'll actually get docked points. Yeah. I think, I think the, the like idea that's, or like the thing that people, uh, like or the norm, I guess of the tournaments is really that the setting should kind of be the same. So, so say for example that you have uh, uh, like your ar- you say you think that your army is uh, like in a jungle or something then it probably is, is like fine for there be to be slightly different types of jungle terrain on the basis you know like where a character is standing on like some fallen statue or something but uh, but it doesn't work if like you have some people in the jungle and some people out in the snow kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you made like a unit in a in a jungle and then one unit is just like, oh, I'm just gonna put snow bases on these, then that would not be that so coherent. Yeah. Yeah. So when I get to, around to doing bases, I kind of need to pick something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you'll see from all my armies, like my warriors, they all have school bases. Yeah. Like my elves, like my high elves, they have like green grass bases mm-hmm. with flowers, because they're flowery elves. Yeah. And then um, my silver elves have all have forest bases. So it's like a like brown kind of dirt with a bit of green and some leaves. Okay. And then my undead, I have they have snow bases, and my beast herds have like swamp bases. So I've like each, and it also ties the army together in quite well. Mm. If you if you let let's say you found some like resin bases that you really like, some temple bases or something like that, you could you could kind of build them into the theme. Like you could have one unit which is on these like special temple bases, so long as you let's say you use the, the same flock that you use for your regular bases or the same tufts yeah. and just put some of these tufts or bits of flock on the temple bases mm. to kind of tie it in so it looks so it looks like they're in the same I got army. you I got you okay yeah you know it's, I mean it's a good thing to know right because yeah. because for me uh, not knowing that I would probably make make sure that each unit had the same type of bases just because for me I, I actually think about it as a visibility issue not just like for more for myself, yeah, right. Like, but I also thought about things like, um, you know, like I thought of things like, um, you know, the champion uh, for each unit. I was thinking about, you know, like highlighting his base or whatever, just so I can always remember remember which one is the which champion. one, like where he is on my thing. But then I also thought maybe that isn't such a good idea because it also makes him more easily identifiable to my opponents. <laughs> So if you if your opponent is trying to kill the champion, yeah, it's like well, it's it's like sort of like okay, so when when they charge and they're trying to make sure you know they're trying to work out the best contact or whatever, they can either you know get contact to avoid or contact to get more contact on him or whatever to to kind of smash him better or or keep him from smash smashing another. I, I don't really know what to do there. <laughs> 
you know. Uh, but I think in general, the the rule of thumb is to to make sure that all the units are placed in roughly the same way. Mm-hmm. And you could you could have um, a champion that stands out in a different way. Like mo- most of my champions, at least with my high elves, and in general, I like to try and convert them a little bit. They all they're all converted in some way so that they are like identifiable. Mm. Aside from the regular guys, yeah. at least if you look closely, yeah. So there's there's no there's no question which is the champion, but you don't necessarily need to give it like a more elaborate base or a different color base. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think in general it's it's a really good idea to put some uh, thought into the bases before you start because the base like like cool base can make like a huge difference to a model. Like if you have a like if you model the base work really well like you can have a pretty shitty paint job but it still looks really good overall for example yeah i think but it's also difficult to kind of change once you start to see that you started doing snow bases but you figure out that you don't like how it looks it's really like difficult to go back and change that so yeah i I think you're the what we say the example that we could use is your undead bases yeah, I'm a victim to this. So, like, when I started, I, I didn't really care about bases that much. I was like, oh, I, I paint them all, and then I just, like, put it on base so it's there. So I just used this, like, uh, shitty gravel, and I painted it kind of yellow for desert because I had, like, Egyptian on them. So I thought, like, oh, this is fine. And then, uh, you know, like, I put, like, loads of effort into painting walls. And, uh, Customers you know, like, then I, I never really managed to, like, win painting awards and things like that just because of how, like, bad the basis was. Because then people looked at the bases but not the walls. Oh, wow. Yeah, like the, your, your undead are, like, ridiculously well painted, but the old bases kind of didn't do the army justice. And also it was, like, similar color to the actual models. So the models kind of blended yeah, exactly. into the bases a bit. Oh, yeah. So what we would, what we told customers to do was to make his bases contrast with the models more. So they pop. So they, yeah, exactly. So they pop. So what Casimir did, he he changed from like a, just a dirty brown sand color, which was painted, but it wasn't like anything special to more of like a red desert. Mm. And like the red desert contrasting with the white bone really contrasted the model. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he put like green cactuses on some of the bases. So you got even more contrast. Yeah, that's cool. And then that, and then that really made the models pop. And and since then, Casimir, how many painting prizes have you won or been nominated for? Well, I've been, I've uh, won uh, like I won once, and I've been nominating like three, three or four times, I think. Yeah, since since you uh, changed your bases, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Um, that's fantastic, right? Like, yeah. and and how tough was it to to like cut your your already painted un- like minis off of their bases. So, so I actually, I was thinking about that. I actually just repainted the bases and added stuff to them instead of cutting, cutting them off. Okay. Like I was only for like one, one character who was like on a chariot where I couldn't get in under a chariot where I cut it off. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not very, <laughs> it's uh, it wasn't great. It, like <laughs> it takes so like way much time, more time than you wanted to take. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you, you don't want to splash any of that new red paint on your existing model at any point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and uh, because you don't want to do it, the like you that you will just increases a lot. <laughs> of course. Okay, so I think we'll uh, we'll end it there. Thanks for taking the yeah. time, Casimir, to to join us remotely. I think this is going to be a common yeah, theme <laughs> for the next few episodes yeah. while you're away. Yes. 
And um, we'll probably do, we'll probably record it at some point during the weekend for Battle of Copenhagen episode. Yeah, exactly. Have a little uh, catch up. Yeah, yeah you know, thanks was, for coming on. It's fun. I'm sure you'll be on the show at some point again. Happily, yeah, yeah, happily. And then we can uh, we can also maybe like see how you progress with your army and talk about the the trials and tribulations of a uh, someone getting into the hobby. Oh yeah, and uh, and see how you how you get on with that. I think uh, I think like the discovery that I'm about to have, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when all my models show up in yeah. the mail, it's gonna be, it's gonna I be. I think sort of, they're actually posted last week. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. I think it's gonna be harsh and exciting at the same time. <laughs> this pile of plastic. <laughs> oh. yeah. okay. All right, let's get started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as always, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can send us an email at amatimedk at gmail dot com. You can find us on the forum at Henry P Miller. You can find us at the usual places on SoundCloud, iTunes, everywhere else.